Cold tipple. Hello, and welcome aboard the Good Ship Saladcast on Sunday, the 18th of November, 2018. <laughs> I'm your Captain Dan Train. Joining me today is Zachary Burgess. No, you didn't even give me a nautical thing. <laughs> no. First mate, or first mate and uh, responsible for the rigging of the ship, yeah, exactly. Zachary Burgess. Like, that probably has a specific... That's not even, like... There's probably Rick a, Master yeah, General. <laughs> yeah. Probably a specific actual name for that, for the person who does ma- manages the rigging. And also, um, uh, I don't know, Cabin Boy yeah, Rob Kem. Yep, that's where yeah. I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was what, Master at Arms, maybe? Like, I'm managing all this audio gunpowder? Mm, indeed. All the booms come from me. Well, but we haven't, got, we haven't got the booths, <laughs> exactly. that's the yeah, problem. Right, the booths come from you. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Could, yeah, we're, what, back, we're back to the chair ringing. Yeah, the mic stands didn't arrive. I no. them quite late, in fairness. And even more chair ringing now that Dan's actually here, so we have all three of them. Yeah, triple rigged. And not one of us wearing headphones. <laughs> I didn't quite get a sense last time of uh, you tried to describe this situation, but seeing the full majesty is quite something. Yeah, exactly. We have to put that photo on the on the oh, website yeah, so you yeah. guys, you listeners, can check out the insanity <laughs> of this setup. One time we've actually included a photo of a salad cast, I suppose. Well, of a salad cast, there's been other photos on, on our website. <laughs> yeah, sure. You in a white coat? Yep. For some reason. We're in Finna Factory badge. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, was that was the white coat itself a a gift? No, that's, thing? that's that was actual, just that's, that's your actual lab coat, which you use when when I'm in labs. <laughs> when were you last in a lab? Actually, I guess the last time I was in a lab, I, they, they had boiler suits, not lab coats. So ah. <laughs> didn't actually get to use my lab coat. So when did you get to use it last? Mm, I don't know. That was it, probably. Oh, for, well, for the Infinity Factory, yeah. <laughs> well, that is very important for the Infinity Factory uh, champion photo. It's not lab coat doesn't even actually really fit me, so you know. What? All that trouble, and it doesn't fit? Well, it never fit me from the start. So huh. like, when I got that lab coat, I think I actually purchased it from the shop at university because I was like, oh shit, I need a lab coat. <laughs> Then I went in there, it's like, I don't know how big one of these I'm going to need. So Is there like a chemistry department shop for lab coats? Yeah. Or I can mean, you get them from yeah. the like student union? <laughs> they have specific equipment available to buy on campus. Mm, convenient. Was it a rip-off? Or is it like... A... No, I think it was okay. Hmm. Although, you know, cheap, obviously. Cheap-ass lab coats. Cheap-ass. I mean, where else would you get your lab supplies from? Like, It's not like you go down to yeah, like, that's your local... Wondering. Well, Labster. Sure well, I'm sure there is like. I mean, online now there'll be yeah, know, online some, some main wholesale place that does does all lab shit. But then how like are you glassware gonna... and all kinds of other crap? Yeah, but how are you going to get the right size lab coat if you uh, just order online? Yeah, you no, actually no. Well, you know, sta- the standard size is just like large, yeah. medium, small, or whatever. You just roll, so roll the sleeves up, right? That's that's how health and yeah. safety works for lab coats. And yet, even by buying it in a physical shop, you still managed to get the size wrong. Well, you don't. You didn't actually get to try it on. Oh, I see. Sealed package. Oh, okay. <laughs> Whatever. Right. But I think the problem is more like just like I'm probably somewhere in between medium and large. Like medium is usually too small, but large can be too big depending on the manufacturer. All right. Lab coats. But with lab coats, it's better to go slightly too small anyway, obviously, because you don't want any dangling. 
<laughs> yeah, dangling is bad in when you're surrounded <laughs> by acid and, or whatever. Alkali. Bad stuff. Yeah. There's not many circumstances where dangling is a particularly desirable outcome, right? Apart from for these mics. <laughs> I mean, they're not, are they dangling, really? Like, or are they, well, they they're suspended? They'd is be that... dangling if they were attached by a piece of sellotape as well. <laughs> would, it, would it be like, they would need some sort of... For a dangle, I think there needs to be some sort of wobble to it. You know, there needs to be a swing. These can definitely wobble. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you just don't have to to near it. Semantics of dangling. (laughs) What's the actual definition of dangling? (laughs) Miriam Webster. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we're back in uh, Word Corner. (laughs) Didn't take us long. Etymology Corner. It's the dangle angle. (laughs) What's your dangle angle? Actually, no. Yeah, don't. Even no. Go into that. No. <laughs> now we're in that corner. <laughs> <laughs> no. Everyone sip their drink simultaneously. <laughs> There's some good air. Well, we got to get through it. Get through the drinks of the salt push. Because <laughs> obviously we're not going to do that before the podcast. That would be far too professional. <laughs> no, yeah, you need to need, need to space out the caffeine is the idea, right? So, like, if I was to drink down my coffee immediately, like, the caffeine would probably be wearing out towards the end of the video. Vid- vid- audio video. Audio. The podcast. I think that's likely to happen anyway, because podcast is, like, two and a half hours. How long Maybe. Coffee lasts. Yeah, how does... Yeah, it's a good question. Like, what is the actual proper... The half-life like, effective... of coffee. Yeah, the half-life of you coffee. You could look it up, I believe. <laughs> probably. <laughs> well, I know that like, there's something about, like, like actually, like if you have a coffee in the first thing in the morning, it's like it's completely pointless. Is supposedly the 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 physiology of how your brain is already releasing the chemical to wake yourself up. Right. That you adding caffeine to the mix actually doesn't do anything to speed that up. Supposedly, yep. so you should wait till mid morning before having your first coffee. Yeah, I do that anyway. Though I don't. I who who drinks coffee before they like leave the house. I mean, I, I guess I have done. <laughs> right. Like, Rob technically doesn't leave the house, but yes. I mean, I, oh, I mean, oh, I mean, like sometimes I've gone for a, like uh, gone to park run or something, and then I've had like breakfast and a coffee. Like, as yeah, as, no, as as yeah, there. yeah. But I mean, for like work commuting purposes. No, that's true. I suppose. Well, I mean, I guess sometimes I'll take like a a travel cup of coffee. Like if I'm doing a drive. Yeah, some then... people buy and drink on the train or whatever. I see some people do that, but yeah, it's best to wait. Until you arrive at work, and by that point, it's like virtually mid-morning. Yeah. <laughs> if you check your email and then go get your coffee, half nine, that's fine. Yeah, you've been awake a couple of hours if you're commuting that far, so it's... Yeah, maybe. well, arguably awake. Yeah. Zombie mode. <laughs> the, yeah, the commuter shuffle. The commuter mode. Yeah, and then you have your first coffee, and then you get buzzing. And then the first hour of the day goes really slowly because you're buzzing. And then you like look at the clock, and it's like, oh, what? I've done all this work, and it's only, only one hour has passed. Ah, oh, balls! Yep. Oh, a whole day left. I've timed this very wrong. Time to go for lunch. <laughs> yeah, what? Well, it's a ten o'clock lunch. Oh. <laughs> I have my lunch is super late at the moment. Like, well, you have some dinner super late, so it kind of evens out. Yeah. It's like so late in my like work day as well, so it's not like I don't know. Some people do that thing where they like like have to have lunch like exactly halfway through their day, so it's like their break is right in the middle, and it's like no, mine's at like three. Oh, <laughs> blimey, that's so a bit late. Start my lunch at three, like, and then I'd some be dying if so, I ate at three. So I finish at like four, and then uh, then I've got like only an hour's left of work. All <laughs> oh, right, <laughs> okay. You actually, do any work because you're <laughs> <recovering>. <laughs> you actually end work at three. <laughs> well, you've got like um, yeah, you've got like. Like, you can't really start any big jobs at that point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a shame. So you do a lot of little jobs. 
Mm-hmm. You actually answer some emails. Uh, if you haven't been procrastinating from reading your email for the rest of the day. So what's been happening, yo? What's been happening in your kitchen? Nothing. Nothing. Like no, no, uh, no more explosions of the electrical appliance kind. No, no. Great. How about them Black Friday sales? There's nothing going on there. <laughs> I don't understand this Still Black Friday early. thing. Yeah, it's I know. American it's American like, thing. But some of the sales have already started, and it's really annoying me because it's just like none of n- nothing I'm after is on sale. It's nothing. never going to be good if they spread it over a whole week. The whole point was it was a single day. Yeah, like you got to compress all those deals into one ridiculous week where everyone goes insane and smashes each other while they're trying to get. A... Or ultimately, you could... well, I think they're trying. I think they're trying to be a little bit, you know, considerate in this country so people don't, yeah. you know, murder <laughs> themselves and have therefore ruined the whole thing. Yeah, but it's not our thing to start with. <laughs> no, it was ruined by the fact that they existed, existed in this country to start. With. Yeah, it's true. I mean, everyone likes a sale, but... Yeah, but don't call it Black Friday. Or, well, I guess Black Friday technically doesn't have anything to do with Thanksgiving. No, it's, it's just that it happened to be there, and then they gave it a name. Like, you know, isn't it like it's, it's called Black because it's when everyone's books go into the black, having yes. been in... Or, Economics. Supposedly. I mean, I guess if, like, if you've got this far into the year and you're still in the red, you've probably had a pretty crappy year, right? To know, to know, know how the economics like, Everything's breaking even. It's like it's not unless you're making hella profits. Unless they go into the red just before Black Friday because they're buying all their goods for Black Friday. <laughs> <laughs> and then Black Friday they sell all, so it goes back to black. That'd be a bit weird. That is a strange, strange <laughs> tactic. Yeah, it's like, hey, we were in profit, but then we bought all this gear. The alternative is you just if you want to have weeks of sales, you have to do the. What 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 was the Penny Arcade joke? Make up other dumb names for other days. Of, it's like Cyber Thursday. <laughs> was, was it's Cyber Monday, isn't it? It's Cyber, Cyber Monday. Now, Monday yeah. it's, what, I can't remember what the other ones were. It's like Web Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the other ones, but they had. And then there was just turbulent Tuesday. Yeah, it's just these terrible, terrible names because obviously Black Friday is terrible. So you just like you have to make up other du- and Cyber Monday equally bad. So it's like let's make yeah. up these other dumb so we can have them sale last the whole week. Oh, see, real bad name. See, Cyber Monday, I guess, is the even weirder one, right? So presumably that only existed as the as as the best selling day because everyone went out on Friday, like physically, to go buy their stuff. And then we're like, oh, I wonder if anything's left, and went online. And then went online on the Monday for sale on online products from retailers. Because people don't go on the internet over the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because all, all, you know, cyber retail shuts down over the weekend. Obviously. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah obviously. Like, I no, mean, opening just, hours, right? There's no one there to take their order. No, there's it's just like, nobody there. So. Yeah. Everyone's, everyone's yeah, at home. You have to wait until Monday weekend. morning. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows that. On the weekend. Yeah, I don't know. I was, I, was, I was getting all excited. I want all kinds of stuff. I want more crazy lighting for the house. I want more. Uh, I want motion sensors for things. <laughs> really, and a sensor so we could stop leaving the fridge open accidentally. And well, I, that's not a problem with a sensor. That's a problem with your fridge being bad. But, but there is that. It's not one of those fridges that has like a buzzer in it. No. Our freezer has one of those. It's very loud. It's really? and it comes, I think it happens like a bit too quickly. Like you can just be looking through the freezer and, and it's it like, take too long. Beep, beep, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just deciding what I wanted out of it. 
It's quite a big freezer. There's a lot of stuff to look through. There's a bit of ru- you need some rummaging time. My my housemate opens the fridge and lets it go to the beep and then just carries on. But even worse, she's discovered there's a button that that, can, that silences the beep. So she just presses the button and continues to well, presumably leave the door open. The button that triggers the light, you know, the whole yeah, the maybe. mechanical button on the door hinge yeah, of the fridge to pretend it's closed. But then the light's going to go out. Well, you only have to just push it for a second, don't you? Because then that will hmm. set the timer on the beep. Presumably, that's true. That's true. If it's badly designed, anyway. Yeah, it depends if it's like temperature monitoring, like if the temperature, like some yeah. fridges do on freezers. So if it drops below a certain level, it's like oh no, or drops above, I suppose. Drops above, <laughs> I guess. And the cooling factor drops below a certain threshold. No. <laughs> is there such a is there a way of measuring the cooling factor, or is it just like Probably. a degree drop? Well, the, yeah. the degree drop is essentially because it's because immediately I've literally just been learning, well, not really learning using these numbers in oxygen not included because <laughs> the heating and cooling in that is based on real physics where it's like specific heat capacity and stuff oh right yeah but, cooling is just a heat transfer yeah. right so you can measure that in terms of heat or power presumably yeah you have thermal conductivity and specific heat capacity in oxygen not included so if you have a high specific heat capacity that means you can put more heat into something like per kilogram and then you know the other conductivity is just like how fast it goes Hmm. i suppose i just wondered if there was like some kind of nonsense marketing term that they would slap on a fridge to say hey this is is. this is the most coolerific freezer we've ever made i mean you don't want it to overcool your food you just want it to maintain the right well no you want fast cooling yeah i guess get to temperature quickly and stay there but that doesn't it's like that only happens once or when you open the door i guess yeah i suppose that's reflected in the efficiency racing maybe like you want to like imagine efficiency ratings are based more on like how much power it uses yeah i know but there's like surely like like the yeah it it gets cold and it does uses less to get there insulation would be the important one right how much it keeps the cold inside so it doesn't have to constantly cool it not in sparking ting terms. Fridges. Indeed. They're in the kitchen. Preservative. Kind of. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yours in the kitchen. I was about to say, somebody put them in that little, uh, in a little side room, don't they? It's like, oh, I've got to go away to get to the fridge. Yeah, ours isn't technically in the kitchen. Isn't it? Yeah, it's in the in the the back room that's thought, technically just an extension of the kitchen because the door is never ever closed. Oh, so what's in that? Didn't you have a little? I thought there was like a special hole, fridge hole in yes, your there kitchen. Was. That was when we had a much smaller fridge that it could fit in that hole. <laughs> in the fridge hole. Yes, the fridge cupboard. <laughs> terrible idea. I don't know why you would do that. What's in there now? Our cupboards. No, that's where the vacuum cleaner goes. <laughs> okay, which is convenient. In I the guess. fridge hole. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, in case you have some kind of rice disaster in the kitchen. It's just like, oh, rice everywhere. At least the vacuum's right here. Well, where else are you going to put a vacuum? A closet. What closet? <laughs> vacuum closet. <laughs> that is what that is now. Buddy. That is <laughs> but you've got another closet, like, two feet away. What, you mean the larder? That's a different thing. Oh, you've got a, la- oh, you've got a, yeah, you've got a larder, okay. Not just cupboards. I suppose the vacuum... Did the vacuum go in there? I'm trying to remember what it was like before we even had the fridge cupboard that had the fridge in it. And then, like, where was the vacuum at that point? I don't remember. We had a we had a much smaller vacuum back then, I guess. It wasn't like... That was before the age of Dyson, <laughs> where every vacuum is upright. And before the extension as well, I guess. So well, the first iteration of the extension, maybe. Yeah. 
Maybe, oh, it might maybe have been that's where it was. The corrugated plastic extension. Yeah. The, the extension that actually was just an extension, not uh, just a whole other chunk of a house. Bit of house, yeah. <laughs> Bit of house. Man, I can't even, like, I don't, as a homeowner, I bet we can't even, like, fathom the sort of concept of doing, like, major, like, works like that to your house. It's like, I think we've, we barely call people in to, like, fix things. Like, <laughs> well, that's more of a problem of, like, you probably should call people in to fix things. They're so expensive, man. Yeah, but how much money did you spend on this house in total? I mean, I mean, I mean a lot, yeah. but it's like, but it's like, when it took, cost nearly 200, well, more than 200 quid to get the, like those windows fixed that couldn't bloody open. That you know, the ones because they're very expensive for fixing windows, to be honest. What for a tiny little plastic catch? Well, if, if you're admittedly, the whole thing had to be like the whole price to the tiny bit of plastic that you had essentially were buying, then yes, it's, it does sound expensive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> admittedly, the guy had to like take the you know, the whole thing out of the frame and then rebuild it, yeah, <laughs> redo the arms effectively and then reattach it all. And do, I mean, it took him some time, but not too much time. How many hours? How much is he really like, paying per hour? Like an hour, I guess. <laughs> Time and materials. Yeah. The the trades the tradesmen. Thing is they have to get here. Yeah, that's and all that. Yeah, and, sure. And organize it. To cover their van costs. Van costs. That's why MOTs are too expensive. Because you're taking your car to them. <laughs> <laughs> that's like saving half the money yeah it's true and then they're also <laughs> going to probably like run your car and burn some of your petrol outrage do they have to do that for the MOT presumably probably they have to make sure the engine actually works yeah, yeah. I guess. and isn't uh, well, and all the electrics that are related to turning on yeah because they've got do, have they got to do like a little bit of an emissions test as well now no, so, isn't that, that part of it mm. like in kitchen just to make sure like your catalytic converter and stuff is all uh, working maybe. properly and yeah how long can you go without an MOT? A year. They, yeah, they last to do it every year. do it every so. year? Yep. Jeez. It's attached to your insurance. I think unless your car is like... A certain Yeah, it's like three years or something. Like the first three years of its life, it's like it's MOT. It's okay. But uh, yeah, after that, it's every year. Frick. And I get mine serviced every year as well, just to be sure. Which is why it's running so smooth after all these years. So smooth. Get your car serviced, it's worth it. <laughs> Is it though? Because like, if you didn't have it done for one year, would you even notice? <laughs> Probably not. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things. It's like when you take your car to the garage, you always get in it afterwards and think, this feels different. And it's probably just the chair, right? It's yeah, there's just... probably someone else has sat in your car <laughs> like, even and after adjusted you've... things slightly. Even after you've adjusted the chair back, you know, yeah, you know someone's like done that. But even after you've adjusted it back to your position, it's like something still feels different, right? <laughs> the smell. To another, smell. another person who's been in here <laughs> and you can detect it Mechan- the, the, the air of mechanics someone's put a magic tree in there that's just mechanic stench <laughs> other air fresheners oh, are available God. I'm sure <laughs> is magic tree even a brand I don't know or is that just yeah, the generic it, I think it is shape of air fresheners no I think I think it is a brand you get like the what are those like fancy jelly babies called <laughs> um you know what I mean? They're like, is it Jelly Belly? No, that's the Jelly Beans. Yeah, no, no, I mean, literally that brand. Oh, right, okay. Because they do like Those air fresh. Babies. You're not even... Oh, right, yeah, yeah, je- yeah, sorry, you're right, yeah, Jelly, jelly Babies. Not, not, not like Round Trees or whatever. <laughs> like, that's that's not even sorry. the right company either. Is it not, is it Nestle Jelly that's Babies? Basil. Oh, yeah. 
Still. Bassett's got yeah, I forget about Bassett. Although that's all Nestle. Oh uh, yeah, technically. <laughs> yeah. Now it is. <laughs> Everyone gets bought way Yeah. But then there's, there's only one left and then I guess there's no one. Craft. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you yeah. the lever. <laughs> the one lever <laughs> that's needed for the whole world. Well that's convenient the for them. Lever. They already made up the, put that in their name. Yeah. So when there's only one left, it'll be like, yep, it, it was them all along. They said it from the start. <laughs> We knew. <laughs> so yeah, the the jelly belly like air freshness. Yeah, seemed, I know what seemed, exactly what when you said it, I was like, oh yeah, the, the little plastic beans. red squiddy yeah. bean that presumably smells like something sugary, yeah. strawberry, sugarberry. Man, I haven't found anywhere that seen anywhere that sells like those those like. Hardcore jelly bit. Do you remember that little that shop in Ipswich where you just always used where we got obsessed with it for a little bit because it's just like it's just like oh my gosh, those things are so good. Well, it's because they had the proper like individual flavors. Yeah, so you could just get the ones that you actually wanted. <laughs> you, you, yeah, you didn't have to buy like the selection box. You could just get all of the good stuff. Where was that again? It's like, I think uh. it was like where the cheese shop now is, like sort of down near the butter market. It was like one of these little side side Bounds. buildings. Yeah, it was yeah. just just had like nice candy. The memorable cheeses. Yeah, I think it might be yeah, where, where Memorable Cheeses now is, yeah. Classic name for a shop. Memorable Cheeses. And I didn't remember the memorable bit, it's just the cheese shop, so that, that worked. Yeah, that didn't work <laughs> at all on you. <laughs> yeah, those, those things used to be amazing. They probably still are, but you just don't see them all that often. Or you haven't been into Ipswich for how many years? True. <laughs> I don't go into it going to tan all that often. Because, you know, internet and yeah, Amazon. High speed is dead. <laughs> I still get, if I need to actually go buy some clothes, I'll still, like, go to tan and have a look at them. That's, like, the one thing I do. You know, trust the sizes of lab coats. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> no, nice get... callback. <laughs> yep. Okay. I get my hair cut, of course. Can't do that over the internet. <laughs> Yeah, one day they'll solve that. It'll be like an inverse 3D printer that you just stick on your head. The un-3D printer hair. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> That'd be so weird. Mm-hmm. But it's like the first step is it has, it has to just turn your hair into like a solid lump and then it cuts the hair out. <laughs> Otherwise, how would you like... Because you know, I'm just thinking how 3D printers work, right? Like etch... Like they, 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 well, would, they etch stuff to, into being. All so they like, would have to do is like basically cut. be able to. It would have to be a scanner that could scan the actual shape of your head, and then from that, it would it wouldn't even need to know what shape your hair was. It would actually need, need to know what it wanted to leave behind afterwards. So right. anything that you define as not being in the zone, I don't but, think but that's going to work. But so if well. my hair doesn't already naturally sit in that particular formation, surely it has to melt down my hair into some kind of like hair goop and then print it back on. You wouldn't be able to do anything particularly fancy. It would just be a length, length adjustment. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to style it. You'd like, just get rid of some number of inches. Just gotta like get under it. It's gotta have like all these robot arms to like lift it up and get it places and it just, like, <laughs> just bowl cut you yeah. every time. Pretty much. <laughs> Alright. Remind me never to go to Zach's. <laughs> Get me a haircut. <laughs> Zach's 3D printing hair, anti inverse 3D printing hair cutting machine. New 3D hair technology. Tress effects. Yeah. 
Tress We've got Tressifex. RTX on. <laughs> I'm being... Not a segue at all. I'm being haunted by stock sound effects. More so than usual. More so than usual, yeah. I'll tell you the specific example that really wound me up, right, this week. And and Gnome's had enough of me talking about it because it, <laughs> okay. it, it set me off on one. What it happened? We were watching on Sky Arts yeah. Landscape Artist of the Year with Stephen Mangan, I think, is presenting it. And it's like, it's like Bake Off for, for painters. Yeah, naturally. But uh, it's, it's kind of okay. You know, I sort of end up sort of watching it thinking, it's like, oh, this could be quite interesting, a little interesting window into the mind of the abstract artist sometimes. Sometimes and, abstract. Or making the photorealist who spends months and months on a single painting suddenly forced into a situation where they've got to make something in, in a few hours, which they're normally not very good at, which yeah, is kind of fun. Uh, uh, and also, you know, what what critics actually are we're like, what are they on? What are they seeing that we don't see? Because that's pretty much every every week. Like, no and I at the end go, what? What, what are they talking about? Because we don't know. Anyway, it was on the beach. It was on like, um, I forget where it was. It was like, yeah, some, some sort of seaside resort in Britain. And it was sunny and windy and there were seagulls. And this is where the problem lies. They were playing a stock seagull sound effect <laughs> repeatedly in the episode but not only that, well, not only was it one that I noticed the repeat on, I noticed it immediately because it's the same seagull sound effect they use in bloody Carcassonne on the Xbox 360. <laughs> and I've put so much goddamn time into that game. I recognise everything from it. And it's like, so I'm just hearing this, and then it goes into a little crowd noise in the back. And it's like, I'm just hearing it everywhere. And it's like, pretty sure it's a, you know, it's a pretty busy beach. There's probably quite a lot of atmosphere. Like, do you really need to add seagulls everywhere. sound effects all over it. Well, it's probably kind of annoying to record <laughs> ambient sound on a beach because normally wind. Oh, the wind, stuff. yeah, I guess. But, like, you don't... I didn't really add anything to it. It was just, like, constant seagulls. <laughs> Which is really weird. Like, you could just, like, go up to a seagull and feed it a chip and hoping it goes Burr! at you. And... <laughs> Not sure that's how seagulls <laughs> You don't go up to a seagull, really. <laughs> not really, no. I'm pretty sure you can tempt a seagull to come to you. Yeah, that's yeah. not like what would happen. They're not exactly timid. They're not just like standing there, like just waiting for you to come to them and offer them food. No, I'm, yeah, as, as my uh, photo collection will uh, attest to, I'm quite the friend of the seagull. There's <laughs> almost always some sort of bird in, in a shot wherever I go. Uh, yeah, anyway, that, that kind of annoyed me and sent me off on one. I did end up playing a bit of Carcassonne as a result. Oh. <laughs> as a result of hearing a stock seagull sound effect. I sort of had, to, pro- I sort of had to prove it to myself that I wasn't, I wasn't remembering it from somewhere else. So I played some Carcassonne and was like, oh, yeah, there it is. Stock sounds. It's really annoying. It's like you in the, was it the Roller Coaster Tycoon yeah, crowd the noise? Crowd yeah. Classic. And the birds from Settlers 2. Oh, yeah. It was a classic. Five Josh K comes up quite a bit. Yeah. Everywhere. <laughs> and as we've said before, it's like it's quite a long sample of like Yeah. Uh like random chatter, isn't it? But they always use the bit at the start where it's like Yeah. They use the same bit over and over. Five George K, five George K. The Wilhelm scream I will allow. What was it? We were, yeah, we watched Molly's game last night, didn't we? On, 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 you know, not a film that you would expect to have need much in the way of extra foley. 
So there's just like a classic door opening sound effect. It's just like, <laughs> and it's just like, why is that there? Did not like the fact that your posh lawyer has a squeaky door does not add to this scene. Anyway, rant over. Rant over. I mean, you know, you got to save some budget somewhere, I guess, but it's not that hard to record a door opening. You've probably heard this door open a thousand times on this podcast, so it's I don't know a thousand. <laughs> well, it doesn't. Yeah, slightly, you're right. It does, slightly aggressive. I suppose you're right. Yeah, it doesn't open like five times an episode. No. <laughs> so it's... Eek. Squeaky door handle. Take four hundred and four. It's time to transition topics to the topic of our podcast. Kind of. Is I'm, it? Sure, I'm sure some of this news might be about video games. Some of it. It's time for the news. news. Of the world. News of the world. The of world the, of video games. The infinite universe of video games. What guang? <laughs> games dim 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 dim. <laughs> Indeed. That place. Ah, uh, what have we got then? Let's, so, missed news. Like last week, we probably should. Like we all completely missed the announcement of Dirt Rally Two because well, it wasn't a very big announcement. Because you know, Dirt Rally, like the, the most triple A game ever or anything. Dirt Rally Two. What? But I thought is Dirt Rally not going to sort of just evolve, or are they just doing a new one? Well, you see, this is the thing about this whole situation where it's like Dirt Rally was a weird experiment, and then they were like, which worked, hey, which worked real well. And they, they, then they were like, okay, we're going to take that tech from Dirt Rally and make Dirt 4 and it will be great. And we then took, they fucked it up. And no one gave a shit. <laughs> they yeah. fucked it up real bad. But now apparently just back to Dirt Rally again. So maybe it'll be good again, maybe. Because I mean, the trouble is that they've already said the same things they said about Dirt 4, where they're like, we got real rally drivers to help us make this engine more realistic than ever. And it's like, so, somehow you managed to completely screw up the engine between Dirt Rally and Dirt 4. So what the fuck are those rally drivers doing? Don't they do that like every Colin McRae well, yes, game they've, they've ever made? Already always say that. Yeah. But it was particularly bad with Dirt 4, just because of the whole Dirt Rally situation. Where it's like, you already had this great engine with great physics, and then somehow you made it worse. <laughs> What are you doing? But Dirt Rally will have the focus on Rally that the original had, presumably. Well, I mean, Dirt 4 was just Rally. Was it? Yeah. I Apart, thought it, well, then Rally Cross. Rally Cross. Yeah, but Rally Cross was in, was in Dirt, Dirt Rally, Rally as well. Yeah. And the you know, Land Rush-esque, but not really Land Rush. Oh, like the trucks yeah, the stuff. Yeah, truck, truck driving. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That, that, that's a Dirt staple. Like, I'm, I'm happy with that being in Dirt. But... So are they going back to making tracks rather than well, auto-generating them? I don't think I've seen them say anything about what the tracks will be. Because that was the main problem with Dirt Rally was it just wasn't quite enough variety. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, yeah, even when even when they rolled out all of their environments, it's like each environment only had, what, actual two ribbons? Yeah. Which isn't... Yeah, which isn't a lot, really. Even, even if you go back to the original stuff, yeah, some of the tracks in the original Colin McRae Rally games were reverse versions of other ones. That was that was a thing. But yeah. there was, even then, there was more unique course layouts I guess. Than, than, I mean, than we ended up with in Dirt Rally. And it's obviously, like, yeah, this leads on to the obvious budget thing, right? Yeah, I mean, like, they're extremely detailed compared to the old games. Yeah. Like, and and uh, like they're not short, those ribbons, I guess. But still. Well, they're about 10, are they about 10 minutes. minutes? Are, they, are they really that long? Yeah, the whole thing. So that's like twenty minutes of track per. Oh yeah, I suppose environment three segments, aren't they? Ish. Yeah, but so you do end up playing them over and in reverse and yeah, and all you... over the shop. But the thing is with Dirt Rally is it's it's weird because those those courses are. 
I think this is where I fell out Dirt Rally a little bit mm-hmm. in that those courses were so intricate and awkward, but that you kind of felt like you had to learn them, which is kind of the antithesis of Rally. Uh, like learning the tracks was was such a massive thing, like in in that one because because there'd, there'd just be one one corner that's crazy awkward, or there'd well, be I one one corner that the, is just like so different from all the others that you mess it up yeah, every time. Yeah, yeah. that was a problem with the track design. That was a problem with pacing. It, to a point, yeah, but it's it... there was definitely one. Yeah. Oh, I mean, there was always one corner where you go flying off where the pace notes are screwed or... Yeah, Yeah, well, and it was... The the pace notes were sort of inconsistent in different ways on each ribbon, right? The timings felt different on certain... on different environments. I felt like it did somewhat get better and get occasionally patched. Is that true, Zach? Yeah, Yeah, they... They they messed up it a few times, but I still felt it was a little... It was quite inconsistent across the environments. Like... But it's not I want to like, say like the Finland ones came far too late, for instance. It was one. It's one of the ways round. Like some of the later environments the were, were far too early or far too late. Like yeah. even even without you changing your setting, which is by the way, that's a cool option. They're like, oh, how early do you want the pace notes? It's like they should bring that back for sure. But it was a cool option, but I tried changing it away from default and had problems. So. It's because just... it was like too too not granular enough. Yeah. <laughs> but um. I mean, all that will happen is, like, if if they do make another one with nicer graphics and n- maybe even if they have more courses, you'll still need that kind of community adjustment of the pace notes because they, I don't think they're going to smash it perfectly. Well, here's the thing. It's sure they're trying their best. It's coming out soon. It's like February. Yeah, oh, really? That's why, well, I mean... And it's coming out across... was quite a long time ago. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, suppose, I suppose it's last year now, yeah. right? Yeah, well, it's, it's kind of exciting. I mean, I like... I haven't finished playing Dirt Rally, so... <laughs> I mean, it would be nice if they managed to make a new version of the track generator that's just better, as we said about that track generator. Yeah. So yeah. It's like, it's a good idea, not well executed the first attempt. Yeah, I do, I do hope they work on... They, they use that again. It was a, It is a good idea. Don't ditch it like you ditched Evolution Studios. Just because they tried something different, uh, yeah, it's. It uh, I guess that that the fact that it's coming so soon after, like when we haven't had much of a build up to it, is a bit odd. I, I guess you know, given that how dirt, how much early access Dirt Rally really was, and there's going to be console versions like launched day one. It's like mm. it's all okay, part and parcel Full this on. time, right. rather than uh, sure. rather than yeah, this sort of eked out launch that Dirt Rally had. But the real question is, like, why would they, like, if it's going to be, if it's going to be any larger than Dirt Rally was, like, if it's going to be more close to an actual game, then why is it, like, is now Dirt Rally going to be its own series that's, like, equivalent to Dirt? Whereas, like, now they're not going to have Dirt be, like, the Rally game any longer, like they tried with Dirt 4. Maybe Dirt will go back to being the, like, random stuff game, and Dirt Rally will become the actual Rally game. Yeah, I think you're right. Like, th- th- I think their experiment with Dirt Showdown, do you remember? I think that's going to just become what Dirt is moving mm-hmm. forward. Um, even if they, if they keep Dirt around at all, like, mm-hmm. just straight up Dirt, Filthy, filthy dirt. I mean, the dirt series had always just been Conor McGregor Rally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was just what that was. But then they started putting all the other disciplines in, and it moved away from being rally. And then some people were annoyed with that. But I really enjoyed the uh, the land rush stuff from Dirt Two in particular. Yeah, that was like the sort of bigger truck. Not were they trophy? Yeah, they were trophy trucks, weren't they? Uh, I guess. I guess. Yeah. Aren't they? Yeah. They're like Dakar Rally trucks. Kinda. Yeah. 
but that was that was good fun like the sort of proper uh proper racing but on sort of off-road nice wide off-road tracks that was good fun and like yeah i think there's a place for that still and dirt is that place but these rally games they have to be like i have to they have to they have to be so focused and but and, and beautifully ren- no beautifully done simulations of just rally it's like i i I'm not sure i could i got i did play quite a lot of the rally cross in fairness mm. um and and found that to be actually quite a good representation of that you know the simulation side of it the fact that it actually forces you to do the a full tournament on the same course and stuff like that is you know they're leaning into that simulation style that i i can sort of get behind but it's a difficult balance between going full sim and being far too dry and i think the rallycross came off as far too dry mm. and the rally itself came off as a little inconsistent to me plus you know going back to my old rants about how the vertical physics worked in that game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and the car roll in particular. It was, that um, was one of the bits of the physics that got better in Dirt 4, but, like, right. but everything else got their stuff. It's like, you need to combine these two into an actual functional thing. Yeah. Still, could be could be interesting. They did say one of the bullet points that has been said about Dirt Rally 2 is track deformation. We're actually going to, they're actually going to try and do it. Oh, that's going to be cool. I mean, it's, but is it relevant in rally? Because well, I mean, you won't see any other cars. Well, I mean, if they're modelling the thing where like your stand, your starting... standing is actually going to affect the track, yeah. that would be kind of cool. Yeah, yes. if you're if you're like start, you're starting like at the back of the group, for instance, the cut the track could be more moulded for that particular. But is that just going to be baked in things, or are they going to try and simulate? Well, I mean, if they say track deformation, that, that kind of implies it's got to be yeah. happening. Like not preset. Well, can you imagine? Oh, I suppose it wouldn't be fair for like online tournaments or something like that. But like, it'd be really interesting if that was applied. Like, oh, you've you're playing like an online tournament with with real players, and it's like, and it's simulating like, oh, you're going twelfth, so you're going to take the run off this player or something. Or mm. there could be some interesting things there. Yeah. Because I guess that was one of the things that was actually quite promising about the original Dirt Rally was their online. Uh, you know the tournament management side of it. Yeah, actually seemed like they went pretty deep on that, and it's um, so if they're adding to that, great. So that really too. Oh, and, and the the other important uh, was it Colin McRae too? Where they did they did the two thing. Yeah, yeah, they're doing that this time as well. It's oh. technically Dirt Rally two point Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a nice nod to Colin McRae rally. Bit of a callback again. With that, like, teal yep. and that Ford Focus. For yeah, I don't, I don't think it's teal <laughs> this time. I like that teal, though. It's a nice colour. Dead Rally was, like, kind of blue. Was it? That box art. I suppose the box art was, but the game itself was, like, beige. Yeah, but not like Colin McRae 2 was cyan or whatever. <laughs> no, I suppose you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I can't really remember the menus from Colin McRae 2. My phone vibrates loudly. Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> what else we got on the news front? <laughs> Off the big bears, we're talking about that. Nothing new story for ages. Hey, it's interesting. We like that rally. Yes, but we can talk about it when it comes out. Or closer to when it comes oh, out, when yeah. we have actual information to talk about. <laughs> yeah, true, yeah. <laughs> Not just speculation. And wish and wishes. Should we talk about XO18 that happened shortly after... Uh, I think it was shortly after our last salad cast was recorded. You really want to? I mean, there isn't a lot to say. Uh, in fairness, it was one of those inside Xbox events, which aren't really proper press conferences, and it was 
you know, too long, too much fluff. They had Phil Spencer come down and say nothing, you know, which is a bit unlike Phil. He normally drops some sort of nugget of information, but yeah, nothing, nothing from him. Uh, so there was one game I took away from it thinking, oh, that looks a bit of Zach. Void bastards. <laughs> so imagine you took a sort of FTL-esque progression through the galaxy Combined it with a bit of heat signatures style, um, you know, boarding a ship, getting the loot, getting off. Except it's all done in a very almost Jet Set Radio like uh, first person presentation, except for like the FTL map stuff. And it's it kind of looked and like like very cartoony, like the like sprite based almost like bad guy designs as you're going through it. It's like it's a real interesting looking thing. And it's like if if there's nothing else, it's like it might be a bit of Zach, which is why I, why I raise it. Or it might not. You might immediately turn your nose up at it because it's got that that FPS element to it. But or it's a humor and style might rub you the wrong way. But interesting looking thing worth having a having agenda. Uh, Terry Crews was being Terry Crews on some more Crackdown Three. Hey, they went back to. Do you remember that, that initial reveal of Crackdown Three where there was cloud based destruction? Yeah. That's still there. Okay. They've they've actually confirmed just like it will be a thing. They were all, all this Did time. Did they ever get round to confirming whether it will work in multiplayer or not? I mean, it's the the modes they were showing were purely multiplayer, <laughs> like like special a special environment where that just pretty much everything can be destroyed, um, and so all of that would be cloud modeled. Apparently, um, it looks weird because it's like it's a lock on aiming. So, like, I guess they're trying to do, like, a bit... It looks a bit Metroid-y in some ways. Like, I mean, like, Metroid Prime-y, mm. in that you move around. You you have to be more worried about your movement than you do your aim. And it's like, it's, it's yeah, it's weird. Anyway, that, that game apparently is st- it still exists. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've got a note here about Thief of Thieves, which is being made by the, uh, the, the team that took over The Walking Dead after Telltale collapsed. Uh, Skybound, right, but that looked kind of okay if you want like a sort of cartoony, uh, a comic book focused stealth game. Hmm. But it looked like it was being presented like episodically, but you just buy the season outright in a sort of Telltale esque way. But yeah, weird. Kind of looked kind of looked okay if you like your stealth games, but it looked like a stealth game, so I was kind of like, mm, maybe not for me, but someone might like it. Uh, and I guess the Obvious news of the week. That Obsidian rumour, totally true. Microsoft now own Obsidian. Cool, we've covered that then. Yeah, nothing really to add there other than they officially announced it. I think they bought another studio as well. Like I think they're called In Access or something like that, but I keep getting confused with the band, so I can't remember what they do. Um, <laughs> might be In Access, I don't know. Anyway, they acquired some other studio as well. So Microsoft still be acquiring. The bike spree got the doors. That's it, really. XO18, bit of a bust. It was, I mean, it was even in Mexico, you know. <laughs> Expected more flavour. I don't know why. <laughs> Mexican flavour. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about the PlayStation Classic games no. list? Why? What's, what's on it that we didn't know? Um, well, we only knew of like five of them, and so they, we now know all of them. Uh, okay. I think I think some of this list is like I'm just a little bit like, okay, why did you pick that one? Right, out of these, some of these series, 
I mean, um, probably licensing. Yeah, probably. But some of them, some of them not so much. Like I don't know. They've picked Cool Borders two, right? As the cool Borders here. three being the Cool Borders three one. is vastly superior. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, and that's a as far as I'm aware, a Sony owned property. So it's like that's a weird choice. Oh, it's on there. There's Tony Hawk's two on there. They probably couldn't get it to run well enough on the emulator. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, because <laughs> it's a newer game. Uh, we've got destruction, the original destruction derby, which I suppose makes sense because it's oh, like yeah. the, uh, some of this stuff. I think is well, I want to go actually classic. Yeah, and I think that's why they picked Cool Borders two because uh, it is basically the same as Cool Borders one, just a little bit better. And it's like I think they're they are gunning for like first round PlayStation stuff here, right? But then they've got Tekken 3, you know, which is clearly not first-round PlayStation. That's, like, late PlayStation. Uh, the original Rayman. I think we predicted that one. Sure. Uh, the first Persona game, which is an interesting choice. Because hmm. I don't think that really was big over here. Here in the West. Yeah. In our West. Uh, Mr. Driller. Uh, Jumping Flash confirmed. <laughs> Uh, Intelligent Cube, which I think is called Karushi in this country, like originally, but like I remember that from like the demo disc I got with our PlayStation when we first got it back in '97 or whatever. And it's like I remember that game being pretty good. It's like you know, it's a weird puzzle game where the cubes are just sort of rolling towards you, and you've got to try and get rid of them without getting crushed or pushed off the end of the stage. It's, yeah, kind of weird. Uh, Odd World, Super Puzzle Fighter. The original Rainbow Six on wow. PlayStation. Weird. That's yeah. a PC game. Yeah. What is it's a weird choice. Really strange choice. Just put in fucking Twine Conqueror on PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get that version. Boy. Not as bad as oh, the N sixty four version. I wonder if they could then sell you like a PlayStation mouse <laughs> to go with your PlayStation Classic. Because I think that supported it, right? Uh, the original GTA. Yeah. I, I guess fairly obviously, but I suppose GTA 2 might have been the better pick, but whatever. Mm, uh, don't know. Uh, MGS got in. Good on. But that's a bit, again, that's a weird choice simply because MGS was get, was bits of it are specifically designed for the use of the DualShock controller. Yep, which is not Which you included. don't get. Yeah. yeah, but it was also specifically designed to account for that, though, right? Yeah, 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 it does. They, they yeah. say scenes play out differently. They do play out differently, but it's like the, some of the coolest stuff is controller-based. Or well, the Psycho Mantis scene, anyway. It's like it's all about that stuff. That's, yeah. No, it's not all about that stuff. There's several other elements to that thing that was to work. Yeah. Because but, they might have to adapt that whole scene for the PlayStation Classic. That would be better. Which would be funny. Yeah, they made a special version that actually was like, hang on a minute, this is a PlayStation <laughs> Classic. That would be yeah. awesome. We're in the future now. Yeah, yeah that is strange. That's an interesting thought. Uh, yeah, that's really all of, all, of, all of note that I want to mention. Like, It's weird putting like the original Battle Arena Toshinden up against like in a package with Tekken 3 because it's like oh right this is I suppose it's interesting from the perspective of like Toshinden is where we started with 3D fighters on the platform Tekken 3 is where we ended mm. it's like go from bad to good uh, yeah I don't know apparently that thing is like quite bare bones and like the way it handles save states and stuff like that is actually you know it doesn't seem like they've put the same level of effort into it that Ninty did with the Nez and Snez. Yeah. Fair um, enough. Yeah. 
I guess it might be expected, I suppose, but you know, from someone trying to mimic the Nintendo success. But what ifs? It's a PlayStation Classic. Probably not going to get one of those because you know, any game I have, I can just emulate. <laughs> it's true of the other things, I suppose, as well. But you know, yeah. Uh, all right, let's do that Detective Pikachu trailer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not much of it, Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, yeah. gut, re- gut reaction. Did anyone see that coming? I didn't know that I mean, was happening. I think I knew it was happening because when when I saw like it was like oh it's Ryan Reynolds playing Pikachu, a bit of my brain just went oh yeah of course. Right. <laughs> I thought he, I thought Detective Pikachu was supposed to have like a gruff like yeah, Brooklyn yeah. accent. I thought that was the joke, wasn't it? But no, they've made him just Deadpool, <laughs> which is a bit weird. Uh, but yeah, it kind of looked better than it should be yeah it, it, i'm kind of i didn't expect to be but i think i'm in yeah i think quite a few people are in in a kind of ironic way because yeah. every everyone was the right age for pokemon at this point i suppose uh, yeah in the nine in the late 90s so now now that they're the people who want weird cult films yeah and i, I suppose this will potentially it and also everyone's like well that toy story 4 trailer was just the the characters dancing around, going around in a circle. So, I mean, that's fine, but that's just a teaser. Whereas Detective Pikachu's like, wait, what? This is a proper trailer. Yeah. Like they've clearly, yeah, this is coming together, whatever it is. Full trailer. And they're doing Pokemon things in a Pokemon world. In a Pokemon world. I mean, better than just randomly having Detective Pikachu, which seems, yeah. seems completely random in the game context, where it's just like, because it's already. In the game context, it's like you're already in the in the Pokemon world where Pokemon exists, but now we've got this like weird spin-off of the Pokemon world with yeah. Detective Pikachu. Whereas in the movie, it's just like, okay, this is just the the real world take on the Pokemon world. Yeah. <laughs> Makes more sense. Apart from it fucks with the canon, because like now apparently just one guy can understand Pokemon, which I guess doesn't fuck with the canon. Well, he's Dr. Doolittle or whatever. Well, there was a, there's a guy in like black and white that that's his thing. Like, he can oh. understand Pokemon. Oh, really? But now, but then, like, it, then if you compare it back to the game, it's like, what's the story in the game of Detective Pikachu? Because this I don't actually know. Oh, yeah. Because, like, Cause, like is, does the Pikachu talk in that game? Is it like Meowth, where, like, the Pikachu has learned to talk? Or is it like the movie, where just the guy can understand Can understand him. Yeah, that's, I don't actually know. I bet we still want to check out to take the actual game. <laughs> Just because that bo- that gruff voice just just makes me smile in some way. I mean, it's quite simplistic, I think, in terms yeah, of the yeah. puzzles. But yeah, I mean, yeah. So is it that this? I mean, the guy can understand this particular Pokemon, and this particular Pokemon is the particular Pikachu that wears the deerstalker hat. Yes. He's obsessed with being a detective and needs his coffee. But then, how did that ha- even happen? Like, how did this Pokemon? Acquire a deerstalker hat, and start, <laughs> like, what did the humans that couldn't understand it think was happening there? I don't know. So, like, oh, this, po- this Pikachu just wants to wear a hat, I guess. <laughs> also, daddy issues. <laughs> Immediately, just getting straight out there and being like, "This is about your father." It's like, mm, all right, it's not daddy issues. It's daddy issues. Not what that means. I put it in that category. Yeah, it's not every every story has to be about your dad. I mean, that would just be like, you know, 
that would be the reason why he can understand the Pokemon physique. Mm. <laughs> it's either genetic Absolutely. or like some kind of science experiment. That's probably why his dad was murdered yeah. or, or has been captured so they can... Brain implants. Yeah, harvest them. Oh yeah, it's Resident Evil, but Pokemon. Yep. <laughs> okay. Resident Pokemon. I mean, it looks pretty weird, so you know, you really get the Resident Evil vibes going there. Biomon. Yep. They're clearly just monsters. I always thought like like, like there's there's one scene there in that trailer that makes that uh, I kind of but smile but not because it I, I don't think it's intentional. It's like that first scene of the city you see and there's that Charmander walking towards. Yeah, are Charmanders supposed to run like they like they're surprised that their tail is on fire? Because like this Charmander looks like he's walking away, going, "Oh my god, my tail's on fire!" I think that's just what their face looks like. <laughs> they have that weird mouth. Ah! Constantly, constantly open for no reason. Yeah. Or, you know, that's how it used to well, be. It's the sort of, sort of, <laughs> you would thought that might have been something they changed. I think it's the sort of waddle as well that it has that makes it look a little bit panicked. Yeah, the two legs for no apparent reason. <laughs> like, oh, my tail's on fire. It's always on fire, Charmander. Ah! I mean, you need to worry about it not being on fire. That's the actual thing of Charmander's, right? It's what the economical thing is. Like you can't let that tail get rained on because it might go out and then they die. <laughs> oh, is that the thing? Well, that's what's implied anyway. Huh. Who knows whether that actually happens in Pokemon? So, like one, well, they faint, I guess. Well, you know, yeah, maybe. And so it's a good way of putting them to sleep. Just going. <laughs> <laughs> I think the po- original Pokedex entry does say they die, <laughs> but that was in like red and blue times. Yeah, but the Pokedex is mad anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's full of nonsense. Yeah. The original Pokedex, because no one expected that world to grow that much. Or it's full of, not necessarily nonsense, but things that that at the time they never thought they'd have to worry about. Exactly. They never thought it would become a big deal in the future, but they're like, oh shit, now this Pokemon that like we said dies if its tail goes out, it's getting hit by water attacks all the time. Don't worry about it in a 2D pixel art game, that's not that's irrelevant. But now in the modern world where like, we're fucking having a giant wave go across the screen. It's like, how is it still alive? <laughs> Super fire. Well, yeah. So when does this movie come out? I don't know, actually. Yeah. Next year, presumably. <laughs> I don't think it's soon. No, yeah. it's going to be a Christmas trip. Well, I mean, they imagine they get a Christmas release, that would probably be a good time for it, but they're not going to, presumably. Did they even announce the release, though? I don't know. I don't think no. they said that. Coming sometime. Coming 2019, yeah. Right, let's test out this microphone. <laughs> Refreshing not, sound. This is not a bottle of coke. You won't get that like after sizzle. No. Or after bubble. It's not really a sizzle, I suppose. Is it that sort of? <sighs> Didn't even create that big a spike. <laughs> the opening. I think that's news. Think that's the end of oh, news. Unless you've got news that I don't know about. Um, you've been holding to yourself this whole time. No, I'm trying to remember what it was. Oh. I had four things. And I'm trying to remember what that was. And they're was. entirely covered. Detective Pikachu, that was one of them. We're good on that one. <laughs> We're good. Uh, something about Bethesda. Oh, yeah, right. The, um, oh, what, Fallout, Fallout 76? Well, not actually directly related to Fallout 76, but kind of. Apparently, Todd Howard said somewhere on the internet <laughs> that they're still going to continue using that engine for Elder Scrolls 6 and Starfield. Wait, what? So creation engine? <laughs> yep. Is just... They're still not going to make a new engine. But he was he was being interviewed and he was like, sigh. And he was like, I don't think people really understand how modern soft 
software works and that sure, it's the engines are like it's modular to make an and, oh, sure. they, and, they must, they must and the rendering it. thing was completely overhauled at this point and at this point all the scripting systems and it's like it's basically it's like yeah, chip of theseus isn't it or triggers broom when yeah. you replace all the parts is it the same engine mm. i don't know and that's what he was like trying to say engine, yeah but that's the thing it kind of seems like the same engine right but it's hard to look at like Red Dead 2 and see the same engine as Rockstar presents table tennis, but it is. Yeah. Um, but well, like, it's not, didn't it? Didn't it change at some point? Like, the, no. The animation system, didn't they give it a new name? Oh, I'm sure what the animation did, but the Rage, R- Rockstar Advanced Game Engine is both. Oh, right, yeah. It's yeah, the same Ra- engine. Ra- yeah, Rage Engine. But it's same, all the, but, all like, the parts have been changed. Because what was it? Did it like, uh, is it Euphoria originally? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's just the animation part yeah. of it. But I mean, the, the actual engine, base engine or whatever is theoretically the same but then if you look at call of duty it's theoretically the same engine as quake i mean it depends how you look at it really yeah, exactly. it? so that's what he was trying to get at but on the other hand the but games you, you just get jankier and older yeah. looking <laughs> one of the things that like people have been pissed off about Fallout 76 or you know there's several reasons but like there's actually and i mean this was obviously going to happen but there's like there's bugs in fallout 76 that were in fallout 4 that Bethesda knew about but didn't fix and then even they were bugs in fallout 4 that were fixed with like modders made patches and now you can't do that in 76 you can't have that patch because it's an online game and everything so it's like we you knew about this bug since fallout 4 and you didn't fix it but the modders did for fallout 4 but now we can't fix it so can you fix it please (laughs) maybe Work on your engine for like a minute. <laughs> yeah. Harsh, <laughs> but fair. <laughs> so yeah, everyone's pissed about Fallout 76. Yeah. I, I mean, mean... They I... did apparently lock the frame rate. <laughs> as we kind of predicted they'd have to. Right, with The yeah. physics frame rate bug situation. Is it me, or could you kind of tell from the announcement that this was going to piss people off? Oh, well, yeah. From the beginning. I mean... What, Fallout 76? A bunch, of, yeah, a bunch of people were pissed off where, as soon as they said multiplayer, which, you know, that's a whole different situation, I guess. If you if you like single-player games and you wanted another single-player Fallout adventure, then yes, that would slightly piss you off. Well, Obsidian weren't available to do the... Uh, be bad. <laughs> Obsidian weren't available to do the add-on content this time. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. So, yeah, you know, that continue to see that engine. We really have to hope that even if it is the same engine, they're at least going to actually work on it for real this time, rather than between Fallout 4 and now, where it's, they don't seem to have done virtually anything. I mean, I think we're probably <laughs> being a little harsh. So, like, they must, behind the scenes, there's probably quite a lot of work that's gone on to make the engine actually deal with the bigger environments and deal with it. Yeah, but not bigger environments, though, is it? It's exactly the same as Fallout 4, Isn't functionally it? I thought, speaking. I thought, I, I, well... It's an open world, and you go into buildings and it loads into a user. Sure. It's functionally trans- exactly the same. I guess. The only thing that they would have worked on for that engine was the multiplayer code. <laughs> I remember Skyrim looking sort of quite impressive like, when it came time, out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, even some of the improvements in Fallout 4 kind of, you know, they, they were, I mean, Bethesda made a big deal of it and they, <laughs> well, yes. they did so for pretty good reason, in fairness, because it's just like, hey, look what we can yeah. do now. But it's, even in that E3, as soon as I saw it, I was like, yeah, that's still the same engine, isn't I, it? I know mean, it looked a little. <laughs> I could easily tell. You I mean, can they... tell by the pixels, can't you? Yeah. I, I find that with <laughs> Some engines. of the pixels. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, I said this like when Kips and I were at EGX, right? And we saw we, we saw Spyro being played. Yeah. And it's just like it, it crossed my mind. It's like there's definitely a look to modern PlayStation games, right? They they yeah, have a, there is in yeah. the same way that PS3 had a sort of look to it. Yeah, but then 
actually, that's not a PlayStation thing anymore. It's just a certain type of rendering that you do. Yes. Because it's like, if you look at Spyro running on the Xbox, for instance, it, it's it, got the same it's, look. I- it's identical, right? There's, there's, there's like no difference at all. But It's because they're a- both the same, they're basically the same chip, aren't they? They're both AMD integrated mm. CPU and graphics chip. It's just the PlayStation got a slightly But even then, I still think there's some version. truth to that, right? You look at games like Uncharted, and I've just been playing Spider-Man and stuff like that. There's a... They look different to things I've played on Xbox. It's mm. like there's a smoothness to them. There's a yeah, a, 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 whether that's fuzzy or not, but there's a, there's a definitely a, there's definitely a different look to PlayStation games compared to what I've been playing on Xbox. It's mm. it's weird and hard to describe, but it, it, at least to me, it feels that way, even though it's probably nonsense. <laughs> no, I don't know what it is. It's just a sort of feeling, isn't it? Mm. But there's definitely a strong character to freaking Bethesda games. But if they can eliminate <laughs> when, when that, there's characters in them, yes. Yeah. <laughs> in, the, in terms of the presentation, as they say, no mysterious stranger that I'm aware of. No. Yeah. Right. One but, more bit then of news. Here we go. Or kind of news. Well, we got the GameCube adapter thing, but that's not really. <laughs> sure. It shouldn't. Hopefully, shouldn't affect me. But this this turns out that this last bit of news is kind of, well. I say news, it's not exactly news, but it's about Smash Brothers. You thought we were going to get out of Smash Brothers news now that the final director happened. Wait, what? No. There's more? Well, do we know what the first DLC character is or something? No, not yet. Okay. It's about the DLC, kind of. Oh. Because this, this was a comment that happened after the podcast, after the direct, so that's why I bring it up now. But they said that the DLC characters have already been decided. Okay, right. So in development, that makes sense. Yeah, but like all of them. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> they were probably only working on the first one by now. But the thing about it is that, like, so last time they did DLC, they had their community vote thing, and then they based their choices about the DLC on that. So that's not happening this time. Right, yeah. Like, it's already been decided. Don't <laughs> Stop telling us what you want. <laughs> stop having polls. <laughs> yes, stop having polls not, that aren't organised by us. But the thing about it was that when I was watching that last Direct, there was a there was a moment in there that kind of hinted at it because when they talked about the fighters pass and like the you know all the five DLC characters that they haven't determined what they are yet or whatever, they, the bonus that you got for the fighters pass was that me costume of Rex. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. they said at that point that the Xenoblade Two had come out too late in development of Smash Brothers to make Rex an actual character. It's like oh he missed the roster. Right, and so the question would have been, why is he not going to be a DLC then? Because now you've surely this is long enough after he played two to make him a DLC, surely. I see, but now you've poo pooed it because you've put a Rex like. Yeah, but now you put this costume in instead. But that's not true. We, I don't think that was a good enough reason to rule it out. Simply because there's inkling costumes and yeah, there's an inkling. that is the argument against it. But now the, and there's Samus costumes and there's Samus, you know. It's... But now that they've said like that, the DLC has already been decided. I don't know, that kind of, to me, implies that it had been decided, like, quite a long time ago. Like, maybe mm. even before Season Play 2 came out. Right, so is this more about, like, that the the fact that they hid the DLC characters from us is a, is a lie? Is that what this is about? Or... Kind of. I mean, I don't think it matters that much. I, I mean, mean, maybe there's some agree. If they are, like, licensed in other characters, maybe there's some agreement. Well, like... sure, that too. If they wanted to time it to launches yeah. for some other reason. But yeah, it was just weird that like, and it also kind of 
cracked up the idea that people were suggesting where it's like, don't worry about Waluigi. He could he could still theoretically be able to use DLC. They can take out the Sistrovia and put him in. It's like, probably not. I mean, yeah. It seems like at this point, if they say the DLC has already been decided and they're putting the assist trophies in the base game, I'm pretty sure that's not going to indicate that he's going to unassist trophy it. I mean, unless they do something weird like he can't appear as an assist if he's in the game. I mean, sure, that can theoretically happen. Mm. Like, either, I don't think that's going to happen. I think if, the, if, if they had decided the DLC that early on, as it appears they might have, I don't think I think assist trophies are pretty much fine. Or maybe, Shadow is not going to suddenly become a character. Sure, or maybe like Waluigi was just is relegated to an. I, bet, I, I, I kind of think like Waluigi might be relegated to be an assist because they needed some mainline Nintendo character to be an assist because they just wanted one. Uh, but why not Daisy or Pir- Piranha Plant? Or <laughs> yeah, well, that doesn't count as a mainline character, does it? <laughs> Someone a Goomba. I don't know. Well, I think probably already... I don't think there is a... Like... There was in Brawl, but that wasn't an assist trophy back then. It was just an enemy that could sometimes spawn. Uh, could it? I mean, in Melee, it was in the adventure mode, right? But I think they carried that over into Brawl, right? Because it was in... Or what, somewhere in, in subspace. subspace. Okay, yeah. But then it could also just spawn in battle sometimes. I'm probably wondering if we should go back and play subspace, because I could... I could... <laughs> Remind yourself what it was like. Yeah. <laughs> Video series incoming. <laughs> we could run it in Dolphin see what it's like I guess get them HD subspaces mm. so there's that I mean I guess we kind of there was a suspicion that that was the case and now I guess we've confirmed it well, I mean we haven't confirmed anything at this point it's just but yeah I guess the me fighter costume doesn't technically rule out Rex no that, that, that's I think that's safe to say but the fact that they kind of said he didn't make the roster with the fact that they have already decided the DLC, they, that kind of implies... I mean, but would it be... I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's like... I almost think, like, Rex is actually not that much of the well-known character. Like, I well, fucking Shulk wasn't. No. So, uh, I know that... Arguably, Z2 is probably more popular. No, yeah, and I know it's, like, first party and stuff like that, but it's really seen that... This is going to come out as a man thing to say, but surely Xenoblade 2 is more popular because of those blade designs, right? They're like boob swords. <laughs> I mean, in surely, surely, surely they'd be the characters. Yeah, but that's not how that even works in that game, is it? I mean, they, they are. They're, I mean, that, that, that one, I mean, that one, you know, oh, are they? They don't actually fight. Well, so. it's kind of more like a team thing, as I understand it. Like the blades are sort of existing in your facility, but then they're like parrot. It's kind of like was, spirits, oh, oh, I was, oh, I guess. Right, so they don't actually behave like full-on characters. They're just sort of in there in the battle. I think so. That's right. what it appears from the little tiny bits of footage I've seen. Like, okay, <laughs> right, yeah. Because she is literally the sword. It's not like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's not like the sword turns into a person. The sword still exists at the same time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's weird, isn't it? Boob swords. Mm. <laughs> the, the official canon name. They just had to change it in the West. The blade. That's it. I remembered the fourth bit of news was the PlayStation E3 thing. So we good. Covered. Oh, that they're not going to E3. Yep. Yeah. So it's time for what you've been playing. What you been playing? Uh, Seg, you got cut off last time. I think it's your. Yeah. Turn. I don't even remember what I didn't talk about last time. <laughs> I talked about everything really quickly. Well, probably I think that's what more. I said, right. Probably more oxygen. Yeah, isn't it? Or something like that. Or... 
Yeah, I spent more time playing that mostly. You, so, mm. you solve your meteor problems? Mm, not really, because I haven't got to the surface again in the second in the new save. I mean, I could if I wanted to. I could just dig straight up there, and that would, stuff would start happening. <laughs> but I kind of have been deliberately not revealing it. So it's like, don't initiate the problem until you're ready to deal with it. Don't go too high. Although I don't, you know, like I said, there's those new animals that are meant to sort of solve that problem. But I don't know, I haven't seen them yet, so I don't know if how effective they are or whatever. Or if they even spawn near you, or if you've got to somehow coax them towards yeah. your base. Or, or like how... We need to farm... Or whether, they, whether they'll just die off. Because yeah, like yeah. some of the animals... It's a slight problem with the way the animals work in this in the game in general. It's like... They have the idea that there's like the base version of an animal, and then it can sometimes turn into a different speed, like version that has different effects. Mm. It can evolve, yeah, kind of. But like the way that works is, so you have the main one that I always see as the biggest problem for this is like there's a fish that spawns, and like it lives in the slime biome and it just sits there and it's fine. And the way like the breeding cycles work is when the animal is wild. They usually man- are specifically set up to lay exactly one egg before they die, so it will just constantly keep respawning, basically. Okay, yeah. Where, and then when you tame them, you can like increase their reproduction rate to breed more. And that's fine, except like with the fish specifically, there's like a 2% chance that it will lay this other kind of fish egg. But the there's two other kinds, but both of these other kinds of fish can't actually survive in the normal environment of the fish spawning. Like it's too hot, too cold. I think. So the eggs. So the eggs and, immediately... and then the fish just dies, and then that fish spawn is basically gone forever. Yeah, weird. Because it, like it, the system is set up so like if you take the regular fish and you put it in a hot environment, its chance to lay that kind of egg goes up. But because it has like this two percent chance by default, even in the wild, it could just randomly happen, and then that, that kills that fish off. What is a fish anyway? Yeah, exactly. I wish I knew. But then, like, yes, I do. That's that. I don't. I don't think the meteor surface creature has any different versions, so that probably won't at least happen for those. Can I just point out one? Like the two most aesthetically pleasing words I think we've said this whole podcast so far was slime biome. <laughs> slime biome. <laughs> slime biome. It's quite nice. Yeah, a lot of slime in it. Even more pleasing than boob sword. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so I've kind of. I feel like I'm working my way through like the list of of critical time sensitive problems. It's like you have the food situation, you get through that. Then you have like the oxygen situation, and you get through that. And then the oxygen situation causes the water situation because you're using water to make oxygen. So you're mm-hmm. like, oh shit, now I'm running out of water. Deal with that. And then the heat situation, and I think I've more or less got the heat situation under control, sort of. Except I'm kind of at the I'm at this point where my heat situation is like it's under control. But then I like can't add any more machines because they produce more heat. Right. So like I'm I'm under control, but I can't really progress without introducing more heat and then having to deal with that. And then, then now I've reached the power situation where I'm running out of like coal, so I'm going to not be able to run my coal generators, and I can't sustain myself on natural gas that I'm tapping because that doesn't actually produce fast enough to deal with my power demand at the moment. So you need to get the service and get solar. Well, I thought about it, but solar is actually a real pain in the ass. Because it keeps getting destroyed? Because it keeps getting destroyed, mainly. So in order to run solar panels, you can... Well, first of all, you have to make glass, which is not that difficult, but introduces a lot of heat, because mm. <laughs> you're melting down sand. Yeah. But then once you build a solar panel, you can't just 
it's like making the amount of glass you need to make a solar panel is not actually that difficult, even in terms of heat produced. I because I tested it in a test save, and I was like, oh yeah, that's not terrible, and I could make this solar panel. But in order to protect the solar panel from meteors, you'd also have to build like glass doors that automatically open and close when the meteor storms start, and that's like so you're not just making two hundred kilograms of glass to make a solar panel; you're making two hundred kilograms of glass and like a thousand kilograms of steel for all the blast doors and shit that you need to protect mm. it. <laughs> So it's like, that's not even very easy to do. So instead, you've got to go down. I'm about to go into the oil biomes and start taking oil out of there and run petroleum generators. It's not nearly as satisfying to say. Oil biome. But then that's, you know, petroleum generators and oil refineries, that's a lot of heat. So then the heat situation is going to start up again. And even though I say I've got the heat situation under control, it's still all temporary because I'm just dumping heat into the ice biomes. Which over time is going to heat them up, and then right, you're destroying the planet's egg. Yeah, basically, or you know, not destroying it, just making everything the same, yeah. <laughs> just neutralizing all the temperature gradients. Just heat death of the universe. Yeah, <laughs> heat death of the planet. Anyway. Yep. Yeah, and um, I've been because the real trick to heat management is finding the things that just like the game elements where it turns into a game and doesn't obey real physics, where it's just like things that just destroy heat uh, just for no reason, really. Like when you're making oxygen from electrolysis, when you take water in and you electrolyze it and it turns into oxygen and hydrogen, regardless of what temperature water you use, the oxygen and hydrogen always comes out at 70 degrees. So if you take... Oh, oh I see. So you take nice, that's like a bug, isn't it? Well, you could argue that it's a bug that might get fixed, but it's also kind of important for the way to get rid of the heat because there's only so much heat you can get rid of using the other things that explicitly just destroy heat, the plants and the secret machines. Can't you just pump heat into the ocean, isn't it? Like an infinite... You can heat up a lot, like water a lot because it has like a high heat capacity. But even then, that's not like going to last forever. And also the trouble with heat pumps is like... If you, when you're using the ice zones to cool your base, you're just like running, you like run oxygen through a radiant pipe that just transmits heat into the oxygen and it just absorbs the, or transmits its heat into the ice zone so the ice zone heats up over time. If you want to actually use a use the mechanical machines that, that like a refrigerator, I guess, take the heat out of the fluid in the pipe and transmit it into the environment, those use power. So you're effectively still having to, you're using power, which means you're making heat somewhere else in your base, yeah. <laughs> as well as the actual heat the machine transfers to the material. And the machine itself running creates extra heat in itself, I guess, to some extent. But like, uh, I'm try- basically trying not to do maths. <laughs> like, I could theoretically be like, okay, how much... When this machine uses 200 watts of power, what is that equivalent in terms of heat produced from my power plants? And is it actually worthwhile? And how much, how long should I heat this water up before I run it through the electrolyzers? Mm. I mean, obviously, you should just heat it up to like 99 degrees. <laughs> Get as much possible into it before you turn it back into 70 degree oxygen. Yeah, it makes sense. But then, I mean, like, it seems like the long term solution must be the steam engines. Because if you can heat the water up into steam, once it changes to a gas, you don't have to worry about the you know, liquid to gas transition any longer. And then you can just keep dumping more and more heat into the steam forever, essentially, until you reach whatever the presumably hard-coded up and temperature limit is in the game. 
and then the steam engines can steam engines again are just one of the things that just delete heat like it takes in hot steam at the bottom and outputs slightly colder steam at the top so you could theoretically just run the steam through the steam engine and eliminate the heat and gain power as and well. gain power yeah perfect theoretically except I mean that's how an actual power plant works. Yeah, yeah, but then surely, but using the electricity generates heat depending on what you use the electricity in. Yeah, exactly. And also, there's a variety of other problems with trying to run steam engines in this game. Mainly, the throughput is like ridiculous. Like if you're running steam engines, use like ten kilograms of steam per second, and a water pump can pump ten kilograms of water per second, but a gas pump only pumps one kilogram of gas. Surely it's high-pressure steam. It doesn't need a pump. It doesn't need a pump to go through the steam engine, providing there's a pressure differential between the bottom and the top of the steam engine. So if you have a room, a closed room beneath the steam engine that you fill with water and then turn it into steam, that's fine. It just goes through the steam engine automatically up until the temp- uh, up until the pressure not equalizes, but it cl- bits gets close to equal. But then you've got all this slightly colder steam above the steam engine that you're like, okay, well, I guess I could like stack another steam engine on top of it. That'd be fine. You could just yeah. chain them together. Triple cycle or whatever. Ooh, cool. Yeah. So you can do that. But then you reach the point where the steam... Combined gets... cycle, sorry. <laughs> you get reach the point where the steam gets cold enough that it can't run a steam engine any longer. Of course. Which is still like 220 degrees. Yeah. So then you go to the cooling tower. So then you're like, okay, yeah, then you need to basically cool it again but then you're in the whole situation where you're like i've got this extra heat that uh, right. was in the steam but now i need to take it back out of the steam so it can turn back into water and then i can pop the water back down to the bottom so you can't build a giant concrete cooling tower and well, kind of, like in real life you kind of could like if you just built if you had like the top steam engine just go into a passageway and then you just like put a metal wall in the passageway and just like <laughs> ran cooling fluid through that wall, you could probably get the water to condense on that wall and just drop down to the bottom again and then get heated back up, theoretically. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it, but, you know, again, the whole problem with that system is just like it's a lot of stuff that you need to build mm. all at once. Yeah. Like, you can't build this in parts. You just, yeah, you're building a pub lab. <laughs> yeah, you have to build the whole thing in one go. So you're spending all this you know heat essentially you have to forge all this steel to make the steam engine and all this other stuff yeah how do you bootstrap an entire society yeah <laughs> until you can actually run this thing and then you have to hope that you've built it correctly that it runs permanently <laughs> so, you know i might get to that at some point <laughs> and, and in closing i might get to that at some point <laughs> I, i'm still you know going towards oil <laughs> Oil at this right. point. Yeah. Oil seems to be the tempor- the next temporary solution. <laughs> and I think I can I've also, you know, using these things that destroy heat, I'm still thinking of other solutions. Because the fact that I could theoretically take like natural water from the slime biomes that spawns at like forty degrees and I could potentially just pump heat into that until it reaches ninety, then put it through the electrolyzer, which just sets it back to seventy degree gas. And because gases retain... I mean, technically, you're getting the same mass of gas as you do liquids, but because the specific heat capacity of gas is so much lower, you're actually deleting even more heat than it appears just from the temperature change. Mm. I'm getting a mass of gas. Yeah, you sure are. (laughs) Always. Sorry. But yeah, I don't know. There's definitely solutions that could keep this alive for longer, but I don't know if I'll need them or whether I can just rush to solar or something. So it doesn't even generate that much power. It seems like a lot of effort for not much reward, to be honest. And you could also, theoretically, if you wanted to... Another way you could solve the steam problem with the steam power plant is 
one of the, the most basic type of rocket is steam powered. So you're essentially just firing a whole bunch of steam away from the asteroid, which, you know, that's a way to manage heat. Or if you really wanted to waste resources, you could just start venting shit into space. You just, like, fill a room with something you don't want, pump heat into it until it's really hot, and then just open the doors. <laughs> so be like, bye. Sure, why not? I was thinking about, there's a chlorine geezer on my map near my base where I'm just like, chlorine isn't really used for that much, so maybe I could just use chlorine as, like, pump that chlorine into a room, heat it up, and then vent it. But chlorine has such a terrible heat capacity, it's like barely worth doing. <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah, that game continues to be kind of complicated. But that's exactly what you want, yeah. isn't it? Problem solving. Hmm. Do you reckon it's a problem that has like is it one of those ge- I think I may have asked this last week or whenever, but like do you get the feeling this is one of those games that you're gonna have a like I've solved it moment? I mean, and maybe. I mean, it's still early access, so I guess they're going to change it yeah. enough along the way that that's not a problem for now. But the trouble is, I think the problem with coming up with solutions in this game is like you can, if you go and even just look at any YouTube video, there's a lot of like solutions. It's a matter of like how much you want to exploit game mechanics, right? Because you can just like if you build like a door, if you build four doors where like each door opens sequentially. So that like there's always one door that's closed. That just deletes gas because the doors crush it and it can't go anywhere because the other doors adjacent to it are closed. So you can theoretically just delete stuff by just opening and closing doors. And it's like, do you want to exploit that game mechanic? I mean you could. Or you can use doors doors as like a pump by essentially just opening doors in sequence and it just shoves fluid along instead of using an actual pump, which could be theoretically less power. <laughs> So yeah, there's solutions where it's just like, do you want to do it this way? It's kind of kind of an exploit, or do you want to try and make something that's less exploiting but like not as good? <laughs> Which is what I've mainly been trying to do. I've been trying to come up with my own solutions rather than looking for the weird glitches, and and then having the typical problem of like implementing those solutions where it's just like, I'd like to build a new room for my electrolyzers, but that would require building a whole goddamn room for my electrolyzers. It's a big project that will take several days mm. and a lot of resources, and I'd still have to have my current one there, and then after I'd built the new one, I'd have to disassemble it and like reconnect all the piping and everything. Kind of awkward. It's one of those situations where like, once you've built a thing once, you're kind of reluctant to get rid of it. Because <laughs> yeah. it's actually a lot of effort. So yeah, there's that. Um... Played a little bit more Lethal League Blaze just to get through the arcade mode with every character. Get that yeah. <laughs> not so that is it, difficult or anything. Oh, is it not? Like, no, is it... The AI in arcade and story is like well easy. Okay. Because I I don't know if I talked about it last time on the cast, but I went and played some of the original yeah. and found it's, well, it calls it challenge mode, but it's basically like an old school arcade mode. Yeah. Um, with like a set progression of characters. And it's like, I found that really difficult to get through because it's got you've got limited lives as yeah. well, and it's like all limited continues, I guess. And it's could just be that I suck, but you know, <laughs> maybe 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 you're right. Maybe it's a little easier this time around. Yeah, I think they because, I, like I said, the, you you can set the AI to what is clearly a higher level in just versus matches. Yeah, <laughs> like the AI in the story probably only goes up to like four, but you can turn it up to seven, <laughs> and then it, then it gets actually competent. So they've obviously chosen to kind of limit it in the story in Arcade. Hmm. And I haven't... 
it's another one of these situations that sometimes happens with like small games where they just don't ex- well as we talked about in the video they don't explain quite a lot of mechanics right yeah in the tutorials just like hidden things that you may may never know but there's also like all the unlockable skins and stuff they don't tell you how to get them oh okay it's right just, like they're just there it's like yeah because <laughs> I, I guess i've noticed when we watched it like in the first game there's just like a an experience bar, bar basically yeah. so every uh, the more you play the more i mean you presumably get, but... some of them are still locked to that because i haven't you don't get that experience bar unless you're playing actual online matches. Oh, right, I see. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe some of them are ranked or... Yeah, or just, like, just basic level progression, not yeah, actual yeah, rank yeah. rank. Just XP. But then you definitely do occasionally get the skins unlocked where it's like you get some of them in the story and, you know, the first one I saw, it just seemed to be like, okay, I just got that for doing this one specific story mission. But then sometimes I think there's been suggest- I caught like a glimpse of someone saying like you have to do this one specific story mission in a specific way like it's not even it's not even just winning it's like winning in a certain way in this one specific story mission that unlocks this specific skin and I'm like oh how are you ever going to find that out hmm. unless you just look it up kind of disappointing I yeah really obscure things that perhaps should have been marked in an achievement or something yeah. Like that. But at least I got the Honeyman straitjacket skin. Oh hell yeah! So we're all good. <laughs> it's the only skin that matters. Actually, I quite like the Robo Latch skin. So have you been been doing much online then? No, I haven't actually played anything online. I thought about it for a minute, but then I was like, no, I don't want to get any better at this. So oh, okay, right. <laughs> this right, game right. needs to be our our multiplayer party game. Yeah, I guess for now at least. I bet me wonders is like um like how well that would behave in like co-op like because presumably two on two is like a match option is it is it like yeah i think so so you, you so say i had a copy here and we ended up sort of two on twoing it whatever well, that would I be by the looks of some of the videos i've seen it looks like you can probably do like essentially private matches and it still gives you the xp at least probably not rank oh okay so if you did have it we might be able to at least grind that up i don't know yeah yeah see what it's like with any amount of ping. <coughs> I mean, yeah, that's good. That is going to be either make or break it, I suppose. Yeah. I'd be surprised if they haven't based it upon some sort of uh, fighting mechanic, uh, you know, fighting game uh, rollback system. Or... Well, I mean, theoretically, it should have... I mean, with the way the, the like release bar goes up, that should be fairly easy to like synchronize yeah because you don't actually need to synchronize it to the player who just made the hit because he can't really do anything apart from parry i guess yeah he only the receiving player needs to worry about the actual precise timing of the release yeah so maybe there's some but then like actually hitting the ball once it's launched is possibly the issue yeah maybe although once it gets to high speed it's probably not I don't even know how that game works in terms of like hit zones, but when the ball's going super fast, presumably the hit zone just becomes like a, quite a large area of a big line. Yeah, <laughs> to the point where maybe it's actually easier as the ball gets faster at some point. Maybe, but, yeah, yeah. Still hella fun though. Yeah, I noticed that um, Naganuma song is now on Spotify. <laughs> oh, sweet. Ain't nothing like a funky beat. So the more you listen to that song, the more you realise that it's basically one of the songs from Sonic Rush. Oh, yeah. It's literally basically the same song. It's pretty similar to what you need in in many ways, but, like, I I still love it. (laughs) 
I love that old soundtrack. Actually, yep. it's, all, it's all pretty great. Was it um, Big Nick? Yeah. Is it like uh, I especially like his track's pretty great, but especially like the one he did for Lethal League One. Yeah. is even better. I think you can unlock like, that. In, oh, can you? In the second, oh, yeah. awesome! I think that's one of the unlockable tracks. Yeah. Also, speaking of the unlockable stuff, there's two tracks in the track list that are, are theoretically unlockable, but they don't. They aren't even available to unlock. And I'm like, how do you even? How do you unlock the ability to unlock that? <laughs> How do you, is it is this just like you need to like do a certain action in order to reveal the achievement so you can then get the achievement? Yeah, uh, I'm like, what what the fuck? Weird. You can't even just unlock them. I mean I guess that's what it is technically what the skins are like. The, you can see the where they would be in the list, but you haven't got the ability to actually purchase them until you unlock them. Mm. But like for the music tracks, that's even less <laughs> hint of what you might need to do. At least from character-specific skins, you might have a hint that it's something to do with playing with that character. Yeah, maybe. Because <laughs> so far, all the skins that I've seen have been that, I think. Sort of tied to your performance with that guy. Yeah. You get the Robo-Latch skin in the, one of his story missions. You get the the basic workbot frame for Switch in his story mission, with where you fight a basic workbot frame. <laughs> Surprising. Like, you see that skin in the mission, now you can have it. See, that's how it should work. <laughs> but it don't. That's the only one that does. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, I don't think I actually really played anything else again. All right. Apart from Rocket League, obviously. Oh, yeah. Rocket Pass coming to a close. Oh, this, this... Not not this week, next week, yep, isn't it? Coming so, up, yeah. double drops. Oh, really? For the last, for the last week, Rocket League. Excellent. Well, I've hit, the level, I've hit the level cap anyway, but, you know. Well, but presumably get, double drops. some painted stuff. Double drops, when they say double drops, presumably applies to the generic. Standard stuff, Not yeah. actually the pass. Yeah, that would make sense. It's not double XP, which yeah. means for the pass. Still get me some painted stuff while I'm there, though. Well, yeah, sure. Get the, get the, level, get the extra levels of Rocket Pass. Yeah. Maybe you can get an extra key. Maybe. If you make another 10 levels. Mm. That seems a little unlikely, but maybe. <laughs> Well, you made 17 not that bad. Yeah. I don't know if have played a lot of Rocket League, but Bimmy's now like, like... And the Rocket Pass was nice for like giving you a bit of a motivation, but I'm now kind of glad it's ending. It's like you have a little break, I think. Like, well, but how much of a break, though? Have they announced what Season 2 is? Or? I don't know if they have, but it kind of sounds like they might be rolling into it quite quickly. It might be like the regular seasons, where it's like it doesn't have that long of a gap between them. Oh, no. It should ever get... <laughs> well, I'm sure it'll be like a week at least. Mm. <laughs> as much as that is. Start it. Yeah, give us a month off and then start it. Shoot Crimbo Limbo. That'd be that'd be good. Yeah. And I'm definitely hoping that for the next Rocket Pass they put in more varieties of things that can be painted. Because <laughs> now that I went through the Rocket Pass and I've just been getting loads of those painted things, there's it's like there's four different things and I've just got so many of them. <laughs> like that car body, I've got like fucking 20 of by now. Oh, jeez. <laughs> God damn ridiculous. Because they trade up at least, or are they like... No, I think they're locked. Uh, I'm not even sure you can play a trade them. Can you destroy them? I don't think there's the ability to do that in Rocket League, is there? Hmm. Maybe you can just dump items. You probably could, yeah. I imagine you can't trade them up because they're they're special uh, special tier, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that orange colours premium. Why well, not? But not premium. Yeah, whatever yeah. they call that, I forgot. A- event tier or something. Yeah. So you probably can't trade them up. And, you know, player trades. I don't know. I think they might be time limited locked. Maybe I don't know. I didn't actually see it. But who wants? Who you know? 
Or so they might unlock after the event. Yeah, they might eventually become tradable. Hmm. But, like, who would want them? Because presumably there's a million billion of all of these. Because everyone will have them. Can you put them on the um, store, like, um, trading cards? <laughs> no, it's not, not a Steam enabled store. <laughs> I mean, the, I, uh, you know, the only ones are those that would be worthwhile are the white ones, right? Because everyone wants the white ones. Too many bloody white teams. <laughs> not the white teams. I did see someone. Dennis, I wouldn't mind the white one, you know, because of the whole glacial. You weren't sure. Yeah, that makes, that makes sense. Yeah. I did see a guy the other day who had a, oh, green ones. Had a full-on watermelon car. He had the watermelon wheels and the watermelon topper, and his car was green and red on the blue team, I guess, because that's the team you could do that color. But yeah, it was like he's full-on watermelon. Is there a watermelon skin or like? Don't. What did he use as his skin? I think there's a zebra pattern, which would probably look, look quite Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe I should try that <laughs> on my car. Because I've got the watermelon wheels and I've got the watermelon um, aerial, but I haven't got a watermelon topper. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're missing one one more part. Yeah. I don't think there's any suitable boost, though. It's a classic problem. I think I put the pie lattice on, but that's kind of horrid, so I might take that off. <laughs> Pie lattice can be okay if you do the colours right. Yeah. Because it has a, like... It, it doesn't look right in the happy side of the green yeah. and red, I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want a green pie. It's kind of gross. Ew. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, not, it's not that it's even, like... Well, it doesn't fully change the colour. No, it, like, it tints only it. tints the, the filling specular, of the pie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and some of the specular lighting on the pastry yeah, the is, yeah, is weird looking. Shine. It's weird looking. Yeah, the pie skin is weird. It's an unusual, even for unusual skins, in that it has like colours that don't change because mm. of the pie crust being essentially pie colours all the time. All the pie. Pastry coloured at all times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Melton Mowbray <laughs> certified. <laughs> not even that kind of crust. No. <laughs> not even, it's not that brown. Nope. Not nearly brown enough for a pork pie. Brown. Right, and that's it, I guess. Cool. Game over. Rob, it's your go. Game on. Uh, I finished Spider-Man. Woo. Got to the end of that thing. That's real good. And it ends pretty damn well, has Excellent. to be said. That's good it's to hear. A... Doesn't peter out. Ho. 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 I mean, it does contrive itself a little more towards the end. In like, but I think, you know, one of my biggest problems with this game, and actually one of, my, one of its biggest strengths is just how comic book dumb it is yeah most of like uh to the point where i'm trying not to be spoilery here but like Please there's try a, because i want to play it <laughs> there's a segment towards the very end of the game where science literally happens in minutes yeah like science happens science and manufacturing that game seems to take no time at all <laughs> like the, sca- the the time period in which this whole thing happens and in which how things progress is nuts like you think it would be okay if it was like batman because he has the resources he could probably make manufacturing happen real fast <laughs> batman's already got this stuff like most of the time because <laughs> he made it already. yeah but because it's spider-man who's just like basically just a guy <laughs> he's a scientist guy sure yeah. but he's not like a super no rich dude he's not well. rich no no he's not he's not rich no but in fairness yeah, there's only one bit of science. Well, it's like actually no, that's not, that's a lie. There's definitely a couple of bits of science where you've you science where Peter sciences something up in like an instant, and it's just like sorry, what? Comic <laughs> book science. How did you do that? Yeah, well, he invents. He gets in the comic. He gets the spider powers, and then he invents the web fluid or whatever. Sure. Within about <laughs> two days or something. <laughs> yeah. 
like somehow makes the perfect material spider, yeah spider silk material that can, yeah that has all the tiny, properties he needs yeah and comes that comes out of a tiny vial in his arm yeah magic uh yeah there's a bit of that and it is kind of weird and just the time scales in this game make no sense whatsoever really when you start analyzing it which is a bit of, which would is only made more of a problem by the fact that they call out you know that that it that they're going for this like it takes place over a sort of fixed period of time thing, thing. in a couple of places right in, it's in, what, in yeah kind of in one place in <laughs> particular in one place in particular they address it directly and it's like it's cool in in that part of the game but then as it goes on a little bit it's like what they did early on is kind of like shatterfon <laughs> it's just like oh. it's like oh what you did there was really clever but it makes no sense now. <laughs> given what you do later on uh i, I will stand by like a, like m- my earlier criticism from like the last couple of weeks i suppose where i that that e3 thing that was a bad call it really was like it's like it's it's that, that uh, we saw stuff from the basically the the sort of ramp up to the final act of that game kind of mm. you know so it's that, that that stuff on the raft is two-thirds of the way in yeah fine and it's like that's too far that's too far Agreed. Um, yeah, it lessens the impact of that stuff considerably. Um, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think the story is without fault. Uh, you know, the time thing and stuff like that, and the science contrivances aside, there are there are things that I wished they had finished a little more. There's some weird loose ends. Some of it's intentional, and I get that. There is some very obvious sequel baiting going on. And it's like that's fine. I can deal with that. But there's there's just some details about the plot where, uh, tw- especially after the end thing, ending, where it's just like, oh, you didn't resolve that then, and we're just carrying on. All right. Mm. <laughs> as if we're going to carry on as if that's not a problem. It's like uh, uh, yeah, odd. Like I would I would have liked to have seen a little more done around some some of that stuff. And I, again, I won't be specific here. Um, but all in all, these are like nitpicks and what is actually a pretty solid package. Solid um, game. I'm somewhat... I, I do want to go back into it. I'm uh, an, 100% it because I haven't got a great deal left to do. I've got like some crimes and stuff to do. Um, basically, just like mop up the map kind of things. Um, I've done all the side quests and stuff like that. and it's. Um, I'm pretty tempted to pick up the DLC because I hear that's good as well. Mm. Um, not like massive stuff. But you know, basically like little side missions is what they're adding through it, and there is like a new game plus mode for playing it in a harder difficulty, but with all your abilities. Oh, and, cool! And that sounds that sounds like it could be fun because I don't think there's a way of replaying the story missions. Mm. So, like, if you want to go through it again, you've got to go through it again from the beginning, yeah. Um, uh, or at least as far as I've noticed. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, and a bit of me kind of wants to if if I do pick up this nice new TV, then <laughs> you know Spider Man is the one of the poster children for like 4K HDR. Really, it doesn't run native 4K, but um, it does run at a higher res on PS4 Pro, and you know make good use of HDR because you know sunlight coming through buildings. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I might hold off a little bit until I've got a uh, screen on which to view it at its maximum splendor. Super screen. Splendor! Yeah, highly recommend. Uh, might be top of my list of stuff I've played this year so far. So might. far. But yeah, there's some still some big hitters that I want to play. 
No, I'm not going to get around to all of them this year. It's just not going to happen. No. Nope. It can't happen now. It's too late. Um, I started playing Onrush. For some reason. <laughs> it's free. It's on Game Pass. Yeah. So it's not, not, to- free anyway. not totally free. So yeah, I re-upped on and got on Game Pass to, to give that a go. Uh, yeah, it's, just, it's really interesting. It's got a lot of ups and a lot of downs. Is what I'd say, and it's like I, I, I like the, the the like. So I, I was interested in this from day one, right? The moment it came out, and the moment the sort of idea was levied, it's like I kind of thought it was smart to take like take burnouts, uh, aggression based like takedown mode, I guess, but then make an entire base an entire game around it instead of around racing, and then layer on team racing mechanics on top of it. Mm. Uh, so there's actually a reason to sort of perhaps strategize in this not racing bundle of cars. And it's like, oh, this this seems like a really decent idea. Um, and for the most part, it works. It's like, the, it's, I think the biggest complaint you can say, like Rob review time, <laughs> the, the biggest complaint you can levy is that perhaps that core concept is just that little bit too simple, mm. right? So the game is split into four main modes, um, uh, all of which take place within the stampede. So the stampede is basically like like a, a like the bundle of cars basically, and they're never allowed to really drift that far apart. If you get too far ahead, you start getting handicapped, and the game tells you to fall back. Right. If you get too far behind, the game will put you back in the action effectively with a nice little indicator that says, "Hey, we're putting you back in the action." Just teleports you into the middle of the bundle again. So it's like it's not about being first. It's not about being last. It's doing your job in in the pile. Um, and every game like it's it's all based around like heavy car handling burnout style i suppose mm. um and uh, boosting as much as you possibly can uh and and the game modes got re- reflect around that um so the simplest of which is overdrive which is literally you score points as long as you are boosting so it's about making sure you score boost mm. and taking down other players so they can't boost or using your car abilities so they can't boost um so that's another thing. Like all the cars are broken down into there's four distinct like weight classes of cars, uh, like bikes, buggies, cars, and then sort of truck like things. Right. Yeah, um, which don't really handle all that differently, other than like their ability to take down like heavier classes have a much easier time taking, taking down, down the lighter classes. Uh, but they all sh- every every vehicle has slightly different abilities within them. Like something like between the two bikes, for instance, one of them has the ability to slam down to the ground, creating a little shock wave. Mm. That will put uh, cars in a vulnerable state, making them easier to take down. But that's on every single landing they do creates mm. this. So like the while you're super vulnerable yourself because you're a bike, you're possibly making other vehicles around you quite vulnerable. So mm. maybe that's a suitable option. Um, uh, if you're the blade bike, however, it's like you don't have that. Um, you have like your your like passive, I suppose, is pretty rubbish because all it does is like every time you die, you create a little little symbol on the map that if someone hits, they get blinded for a while. And it's like so that's right. really, it's it's sort of like it's, it's almost encouraging you to die, which I don't like. It's like <laughs> no. an ability on death is kind of rubbish, unless it's like Martyr in Call of Duty, where you you pretty much always kill the guy that killed you. <laughs> uh, but 
but then you got the, the so the but the, every vehicle has an ultimate as well, like just like so. Which I, I think the rush is is the rush as they call it is pretty cool because it's like you press it, you get like a sudden metal scream and some music goes by. And it's just like so everything goes very bright and whooshy, and you get more speed, and it makes you easier to take things down. And the whole game's going Wah! and it's just like oh, it's, it's, it's kind of cool. I like that. Yeah, yeah. From a production standpoint, it's pretty cool. Most of the time, though, those rush abilities are kind of rubbish. <laughs> is the one problem. So the blade bike has a great one because it's got like creates a Tron trail behind you and that damages cars that hits it. It's like, oh great, that's a nice obvious one. Tron bike. Cool. Cool. Um others are a bit more like the the other bike, for instance, its ability is kind of rubbish but kind of useful in overdrive mode because it drains boost out of the yeah, enemy enemy cars. Mm. Uh, and they can't use their boost whilst they're being drained either. So it uh, might be useful if you're about to lose a round to try and drain as many people as you can to stop them from scoring points at the end of an overdrive round, you know, some stuff like that. Mm. So the whole game is based around these sort of mechanics. Mm. It's Where it starts to fall apart for me is kind of a core part of it, which is like how the car... The classic problem with Burnout, how does it figure out who took down who? Right. And how does it decide when you're wrecked or not? Yeah, and yeah, it's like the 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 binary decision of yeah wreck time, yeah, because uh, it's it feels fifty fifty. Like so, it tries to set up some basics to be like if you've hit someone with the front, if you're the one hitting a car and you're hitting someone with the more front part of your car, I suppose, then it will give the hit to you, meaning the other player gets damaged or Fine. gets put into a vulnerable state of saying that, which seems great in principle. <sighs> Except it doesn't always seem to work that way. Oh. Like, there are times where I've literally been the aggressor, and it's gone, oh no, you've been hit. And it's like, sorry, what? Like, how did that happen? It's like, I slammed into the side of him with my with my bull bars on the front of my ridiculous truck, and somehow I've taken damage. It's like, how, how did that work? Um, and I think it has, like, some of the, the, the burnout problems as well. Like, like if, so if you, like, I don't know how much like of the online of Burnout you really played, and it's like it was mostly fine in single player no, right? because, I didn't the, play. because the game was super skewed towards you being in the powerhouse in single player. Of course, yeah. But when you're in multiplayer, it's like it's even. So, like, if you get hyper aggressive and you slam into someone really hard, you're almost immediate, almost always going to immediately die yourself straight afterwards because you've put yourself in a compromised position, slamming the other guy out of the way. Right. Yeah. Of course. So it's like because you've gone out of your way to drive dumb. It's like the game doesn't do anything to help you out afterwards. Unlike in single player, where it kind of puts yeah. you back on track. Makes you invulnerable for like three seconds. Exactly, yeah. It helps you out in some way. And yeah. I'd, like, I'd, I'd want to be rewarded for getting a takedown in yeah. some way. And it's like, and this doesn't have any of that. Whether you're playing in like single player or multiplayer, if you hit someone and you take them down successfully, and you're then put in a, like a horrible position, it's like, well, I'm still move it, like the the impact doesn't bounce you back most of the time like you mm. hit someone and you'll just keep going meaning you're you're likely to hit the wall and this is where the wreck mechanics come in it's like just the standard wall stuff where it's sometimes it feels really hypersensitive to being like i don't know burnout i think was quite uh lenient at times of letting you like scrape around walls and stuff like that it's like i, I think like in onrush it's based on sort of almost like an angle of collision right. but if you just like tap it just that look but it's a very fine angle before it suddenly decides uh oh this was a scrape versus this was a a hit that's going to kill you and so sometimes that feels really unfair and uh uh, yeah it's 
and, and that's always going to be a problem with a game of this design, I suppose. If you're going for this sort of semi-realistic physics feel to it, you know, clearly ripped from, you know, it's Evolution Studios now owned by or were owned by Codemasters before Codemasters got rid of them. Well, what were um, their they, they so they were they're from Motocross at uh, Motostorm. That's right. Originally, they then went on to make Drive Club oh, right. before they were dropped by Sony. Oh right, okay. Um, and then they made this for Codemasters, and then Codemasters dropped them immediately after the game came out. <laughs> it's like they've had a pretty rough run of it. Um, so overall, like it's, you know, I'm saying a lot of like up and down stuff about this, and that is generally what how I feel about this guy. I think it's a very up and down. <laughs> but that's not to say it's bad overall. It's like it is. I am having, I'm having fun with it, and it's drawing me in to just have another quick match and stuff like that. And it plays a lot better online than it does in single player, I think. But just because of the behavior of people compared to the behavior of the AI, I think it is much wilder, shall we say, in multiplayer, which also highlights some of its problems more aggressively, but also makes it more entertaining. <laughs> like. Whether or not you can actually play it well or tactically or to the Overwatch level of class decisions that the developers wanted, I, don't, I really don't think that that's there. It's just madness. It's like there's not enough. There's not enough of the strategy. The strategy stuff. There's not enough of the like team stuff. I suppose it's too easy to, you know, just play it solo and hope everyone else does well. <laughs> seems to be the the real strategy here like i guess you could do stuff but it doesn't the game doesn't really force you into that uh it makes me wonder like right if you took you took the core concept of it if they hadn't been so wedded to this idea of making it like motorstorm but will do things differently and say they'd gone in like a sci-fi direction and like made mm. the abilities ridiculous like some of the vehicles have an F-Zero style shoulder barge that just goes like bash and it's like that would, that would be cool yeah like, you were what, saying like, what yeah. If, yeah what if some of the weaponry stuff was like literally I'm, I'm going to shoot forward in a few seconds I'm going to put a big marker on the floor so the enemy had better get out of the way otherwise I'm going to murder them and it would just like jump forward yeah. in like a like a super abrupt impactful way more um, yeah more like an anti-grab yeah or a sort of yes yeah. so you've got to be more strategic of how you're how you use your abilities and but it hasn't got this effect no i mean all the cars you kind of play the same way really you don't you know, there's some like as i say when you're playing as the trailblaze bike you know the, the blade you might specifically decide to wait until you can get in front of people to use your tron power to murder more of them but you know they're not all that they're not all that. You don't make that decision most of the time. <laughs> mm. So, in summary, a game of good ideas that perhaps didn't stick the landing, as usual with me. But also, I, get, I think this is what murdered the studio, really, and why it didn't sell very well. It's like, that get, I don't feel like that game should have been full price. Mm. Like, no, I it really don't. Look like a- no, this game. there's just not enough to it to, no. to justify like a the full fifty odd quid price tag. That it, no, that's just nuts. Yeah, it's like had it. It's like they were clearly making like like this game clearly hasn't been worked on since it came out as well because the ranked mode still has a coming soon banner over it. Right, because everyone's been <laughs> that will never be done. Yeah, and it's like they got it's like it's got placeholders for what I think was going to be an Overwatch style like skin. Uh, loot box well, it's got a loot box system but like it and and but it's got like it looks like it has got like a premium currency on screen that you can't buy uh like so they were i think they were going to go into like sustaining the game through skins and crap 
Um, but that's clearly not a thing. <laughs> right, okay. Um, uh, yeah, and, and if they wanted to support the game that way, they should have gone in at a lower price to draw people into the eco- ecosystem so they could then sell them crap. You know, that's how this stuff works. You can't have both. Unless you're Overwatch. <laughs> Unless you're EA. Yeah. Well, you can try if you're EA. People will get angry with you. <laughs> Not stop them yet. Hmm. Watch out, Anvil. <laughs> yeah, watch out, Anvil. <laughs> watch out, it's designed from the ground up with that shit. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's fun. I'm, I'm glad, glad I've tried it anyway. Otherwise, I think I'd be permanently thinking to myself, it's like, oh, I missed that. Like, I missed the zeitgeist of Onrush. Uh, uh, what else have we been doing? I had a couple more things on my list. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did some of the um, DLC stuff for Final Fantasy XV. <laughs> the parts of it that haven't been cancelled. Wait, there was some DLC for XV that got cancelled? Yep. They just decided not to do it now, apparently, because Square Enix is having some kind of internal, possibly financial trouble. Another reshuffle. It's like, get, get rid of all this. We're not doing this DLC any longer, and we're not doing something else that I don't remember what it was. Just like but they did all their episodes that were planned, right? Yeah, so at least they got through those. And and they added the Comrades mode for free, which is planned DLC as well. But yeah, it sounds like there was several more pieces that are just not going to happen now. So. I didn't realise there was more to come, in fairness. I thought this was it. Yeah, it did seem like, you know, once they got the major things that seemed important. But then again, I guess you could never tell how important any one part of a Final Fantasy DLC might be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, won't, I won't talk about these for too long. I just I see what they're getting at, but they feel very underbaked. Like because they're trying to change how the game works. Effectively, they play very differently. And I think I mentioned in my original fifteen sort of finale that they were, you know, you get a taste for this in some of the end sequences where you play as the other characters and they have different abilities and they handle differently. And it becomes a these... separate game where it's just a fishing simulator. <laughs> well, that yeah, that was it the VR yeah, thing, well. yeah, <laughs> the big fish adventure or something, like Monster of the Monster of the Deep, or something, something. Like that. yeah. And so I don't think this these these mechanics necess- they're, not, they're not as well refined as they are in the main game and. Uh, yeah, the story is supposed to fill in gaps, and like episode Prompto, I think is the one that's supposed to be the most poignant because it's like Prompto figuring discovering his past. I've heard that word for a while on the podcast. Poignant, poignant. <laughs> poignant. I mean, it's supposed to be, but it isn't because you know all the like the outcome of that storyline anyway, because it's it just sort of happens when you meet up with him later on in fifteen anyway. Yeah, you're not finding out what happened. You're, you're finding out what happened, not what happened. Like yeah, out even, the process, not the result. And even then, you don't really learn the detail. It's more about his like internal struggle with dealing with who he is, which comes across as classic anime crybaby, <laughs> which is like not much fun to be to to to, to actually watch either. And, it's, and like it's it's weird. Like it sets up like this this snowy like open world segment with side missions and stuff like that. Which suppose that some side missions that supposedly happen at certain times of the day. And I went and tried to do one of them, failed it. Mm. And then I didn't see another one, and it's like and it's got all this like like mysterious like currency you get out of these side missions or something that you can then build up your snowmobile to be better for no reason at all. Like, why would I need a better snowmobile for this one bit of the game? I can just immediately go on and ignore. It's, it's weird. Anyway, I've got one more still to play. I still haven't done episode Ignis. Episode Ignis. <laughs> They're only like two hours long. These things, so there's... so just go through it. Yeah. I'll do that at some point. 
and I'm struggling to remember what the last thing I played was. It's always a good sign. Yeah. Forza Horizon 4? Yeah, that's the one. Because <laughs> okay, I did mention it to you, didn't I? Um, I'm sort of mainly playing this, yeah, because it's on Game Pass, so I might as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and and also just to kind of just get a feel for, like, because I know it's going to be the same as 3, right? And pretty much it is. Like It's following the same template. It feels great. Like, the wheel support is very slightly better this time. Still looks great. I wouldn't say it looks better. It just, you know, still looks great. Um, but the sort of main, like, little bit of intrigue for me on this one is just, like, what have they done with Britain? Like, what, like, like how weird is their representation of Britain? And it should be pretty good, right? Because turn, I think, like, Playground are British, and turn, or at least Turn 10 are British, right? So, they are British, yeah, Playground are. Uh, so it's like, oh, they, they should be a pretty good representation, right? What, cartoonified version? Oh, yeah. It's, it's like the really cliched, idealistic version of North England and a bit of Scotland. Yeah, I know is, that. Yeah, is what they've come North back England, with. Yeah. Borders, right? Yeah, to the point where the only, like, real town in it is edinburgh yeah <laughs> and it's like and the rest of it is kind of like we knew that right like, sort of but we didn't like that's what was shown in the. That, that, that's all they had shown doesn't yeah. mean that that was the entire world right right that's, yeah i guess so, but then it's a good I'm, uh, I'm like i'm thinking it's a pretty good job that they put the seasons stuff in is what i'm thinking because it's like the, that world from what i've seen so far just doesn't feel as varied as say australia or europe did really in the previous two it's like well, it's like country roads and w- <laughs> big wooden vent, uh, big wooden. Well, they're like fences, but walls, right? That, that, that for some reason made of polystyrene stone. You just plow through in whatever vehicle you've got. Stone and walls, yeah, yeah, <laughs> stone walls that are very not very stony. Yeah. It's uh, lots of quaint little signposts and uh, red telephone boxes in the middle of nowhere. Like literally, that, that literally, is where the that is where they were. <laughs> Nowadays, that's one of them that I literally found that were just at the bottom of like a big hill and there's like no civilization around it there's just a road and a telephone box and I'm like okay that happens <laughs> does it I like how the game has some crappy BT glass telephone boxes as well yeah oh that's I haven't cool. seen those yet yeah they're in the game yeah so I appreciate I, yeah, it I've only, seen, I've only seen the red ones but it's got wheelie well, bins you've the red ones that's the trick yeah they're red <laughs> it's got wheelie bins excellent good <laughs> accurate accurate and uh, I don't know, it seems to be going out of its way sometimes to say this is British at times. It'd be like, this is the first house you get. It's like, oh, it's 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 very, very British. It's like, so what you mean is it's like it's got like a flint facade and covered in ivy or something. <laughs> like, so it's a little bit, but not quite as bad as Midtown Manners 2. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah. <laughs> it's not quite Sleep With Fishes, mate, or any of that <laughs> stuff that they always used to put in. It's got like like those weirdly though. I think it actually saves their their voice cast, like because now the voice set doesn't feel so out of place. Like in the last few games, it's yeah. like it's been like the like the Irish lady and maybe it maybe an Australian <laughs> in Australia, and it's like and they felt sort of weird to me. But now that it's like the the, the voice cast is almost entirely British, and still trying that little bit too hard, it has to be said, but. Somehow it doesn't feel quite so egregious now, and maybe that's just because it's—I don't know. Maybe maybe I think I, I'm a little bit worried about myself when I'm saying this because it's <laughs> like, like maybe I just find like the the uh, the Australian versions just that little bit too. Maybe that's just what Australians are like, and so the Australians thought it was good. 
<laughs> and now we're getting the British version, and I think it's not so bad, you know. <laughs> we think it sounds pretty cheesy regardless, though. Yeah, oh yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty cheesy, but it's like just somehow not quite so painful. Mm. I don't quite know why or how. It still makes you sit through things, like while they're talking sometimes, but it's not as bad. Um, it is annoying that you can't skip the victory stuff, though, after a race quite so much anymore. It's like it seems to spend longer going through, like, hey, you got this much influence, or you made this much money, mm. and... Although it's quite funny that it shows my um, gamer tag picture or gamer picture, <laughs> like my new, the one, new one with my avatar, with just doing a thumbs down. Yep. Like, so, so when I when I like, when I win, it just puts it up on the big screen behind me, just going. <laughs> so that makes me happy. Um, uh, and I don't think the music selection has been quite so good so far either. Not quite so. I couldn't really tell you what was in it. <laughs> mm. um, not really noteworthy. Uh, I think the one major thing that I have noticed whilst playing it is the change to having the world populated by real online players mm-hmm. as opposed to it. Like, driver tars are yeah. gone. So dri- driver tars are about if you still want to do races in like single player, which is how I'm doing most of my races per se. But like while you're actually going around the road, you've got normal traffic and you've got players. Which is great because all the players are doing stupid stuff like you are. Yeah. So you'll see someone just trying to ramp over some something just because. Yeah. <laughs> or I'm sure there was one guy I saw that was trying to get into a closed off area where a crowd was just to see if he could crush the crowd. <laughs> and it's like, nope, nope, you can't. <laughs> but he was trying really hard. Um, and it does some smart stuff about like if it if you're if you're stationary, for instance, it's like it makes you like so you can't just be hit by randoms. Like if someone parks in the middle of the road to look at the map, for instance, you can't just hit them, and, and it's not going to screw you over. Yeah, and things like that. So there's there's some smart little changes, but overall, it's Forza, and it's still good. Woo! That'll do. That'll do, lad. That'll do. That'll do. How's your, how's your horse balls shrinking in cold water? I now have horse balls. Hey. I didn't have horse balls before. You, you had know a female why? horse. Yes, I had my horse was a girl before. Now I got a new horse because I thought it would be faster. But I kind of don't want a boy horse particularly. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> you so, don't want to see that. Mm, well, that's fine. It's just a bit weird when I've been hearing "You're all right, girl" the whole time, and now it's like. Yeah, doing well, boy. All right, dude. Good one, boy. I'm like, oh, it's just two blokes now. It's not as quite as uh, egalitarian as it was. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I might switch back to my crapper uh, girl horse. Yeah, I shall have to see. Um, yeah, it's going well. I haven't played as much as I had last time, of course, because I had some time off to play the first time around. Mm. So yes, I've I reached the city, the big city, Saint Denis, which looks. Amazing, of course, as with everything in this bloody game. Uh, but there is a bit, like we discussed, how, like, um, you know, it's it, it's going a bit towards civilization in a way that we're not sure about, right? right and the, yeah. the main character feels the same. And there's literally a bit where he's like, he's like, it goes into a little cutscene where he's writing in his journal. He's like, well, this is the big city, is civilization and stuff. And it's like, we're a long way from open country, not sure about this. And it's like, yeah, yeah you and me I, both, I, mate. I kind of, I kind of agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that doesn't mean there isn't some cool gameplay, and it isn't a, it isn't cool to see and everything. But yeah, I'm I'm t- I'm taking, I'm imagining. Also, like at this point in the story, your kind of camp seems to be basically in a swamp in like an old decrepit house, and it's like this isn't a very nice 
home <laughs> at the moment. I want to move on from this one, so I'm trying to get through this bit as quickly as possible. <laughs> but the the city stuff is a is a change, and you can't really gallop around the city like you can like tear around uh, in Grand Theft Auto. You basically have to like slow down because otherwise you're going to crush everyone and cause mass panic <laughs> which is kind of cool um so yeah yeah it works it works it works is this yeah. your like on the box review <laughs> red dead redemption 2 it works it works this is the game yeah it functions it functions well <laughs> yeah so i don't know what to add really this time around i had a bunch of stuff last time but like um it, it's continuing. I'm better at the controls now. Okay, <laughs> so good. I think that part, that phase of being, oh shit, is kind of done, which is good. Um, and it only took... Oh god. Ten hours, probably. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, but that's it's because of all the contextual controls, like we mm. mentioned before. It's a case of learning what, what happens when and stuff a little bit. I mean, you probably you don't, you don't have to learn if you're really keen-eyed on all of the like things switching and stuff like because obviously everything is labeled but still it's not i still screw up and like i drop a body that i meant to put on my horse and you know the usual <laughs> crap like that because it's the same button uh you know depending on where you're standing and the horse is a dynamic object and so are you and you know <laughs> lining shit up like that is sometimes annoying i have this uh, the, like one of the most annoying little contextual quirks i had with like Final Fantasy 15 which is like you press A to pick stuff up off the floor, right? But A is also a jump button. Yeah. So quite often you'd move towards the thing. And the, like, the annoying thing with Final Fantasy is it would actually put the prompt on screen. Yeah. But you'd press the button and it'd still jump. you still jump like, into the oh, air. come on. <laughs> yeah. Still thing. Yeah. And it's especially annoying in Red Dead when it's not, not even a press thing. It's a hold thing. Like the loot is oh, like right, a yeah. hold. Um, so that's like simulate you rummaging. Or... Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the, it does that, and then you do an animation for the rummage, which takes not it takes at least a couple of seconds, I would say. So you got if you're trying to a good way in the early game is to try and loot as many people as you can. Usually at a point in a mission where your your whole crew is screaming at you to hurry up and get on with the next part, <laughs> the, the trick is to ignore them because if you if it's the end of a mission and there's dead bodies everywhere, um, you if you go around looting at them. After a while, it, it's like a crime, I think, to like be looting bodies, and you might get spotted and get oh, right. start to get wanted just from loot. So it's better to do it in the middle of a mission when that isn't being <laughs> that kind of isn't active. That's quite funny. Which is kind of weird. So so it makes it like a risk reward thing, the looting, where you kind of have to grab a few and then just, and then get the get the hell out of there. Mm. Which is kind of interesting. Surely there must be circumstances where it's fine, though, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, just on your own and like yeah. it should be. Yeah, you get like w you have to have like witnesses to crimes. I think that was true in the first game to some extent, right? And this time you can chase them down and intimidate them not to tell on you, stuff like that, which is quite a cool mechanic. Um, even for murders and stuff, you can chase down the witness mm. and and you know do what you will. I've heard I've heard stories of that stuff. You like you'll chase down someone and be all like. Be like, don't don't tell anyone, right? Or, or I'll come back and I'll do do bad things to you, and they'll be like, oh, no, don't go, me, don't go, and then immediately they go and tell someone, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like, well, that was worth it. Yeah, sure. Guess it could happen that way. Yeah, yeah. So I'm kind of in limbo period in the in the story. I want to see what happens next. It's all awkward so, middle chapter, kind of. Yeah, 
which with interesting new locales and characters, but also like, hmm, where is this going? I'm not sure. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have a real sense for the plot. Yeah. Well, I know the plot so far, but I'm not. I don't ever have a sense of where it's really heading. We mm. seem to have like run away from a couple of places, and I'm not sure what the next step is. Right. The guy keeps talking about going to Tahiti or Australia, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're not going there. But who knows? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Surprise! Like middle. Yeah. Surprise! Extra chapter somewhere where it's just like a little short little mission somewhere random. I wouldn't be surprised. So yeah, but no mm. spoilers. Obviously, I don't know yet. But weird. Yeah. Well, you know, GTA Five did that with its excursions to snowy place. Snowy place, yeah. yeah. Sudden little extra mission mm. because we felt like it. Yeah, as if the world wasn't big enough already. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be me for this week. I think I don't. I don't think I want to elaborate too much unless you've got okay. any questions on the gameplay. Well, yeah, it's it's, it's tricky because I don't know really what to ask because it's like like because it seems so big and so open-ended like like the detail of how it actually works seems like a difficult thing to actually question yeah it's kind of fun to talk about the detail but it doesn't really tell you about the the actual game i don't know i don't know mm. it's it's really cool because there's so much of it to talk about and stuff but like they, they're just little it's all just you know filling in the world it's not it doesn't really affect the you know, I guess experience that much. I guess one of my, uh, I, get, I get, like it's a bit of a concern. But like, is any of what you've described, any of what you've been doing so far, like you know, some of the slowness of it in places, like and I, you know, it's intentional not to be running around everywhere or charging through town or yeah. Like, that. like, does any of that actually just straight up become tedious so far? Like, is there, are there mechanics that you just wish kind of like, oh, all right, now I've got to go do this? Well, it's mainly like on a second by second level rather than a like a minute by minute level so like like sometimes it's like oh this i know this animation is going to take two seconds rather than you know or or like um it's slightly annoying that you can't move a tiny bit faster in the camp <laughs> right. like it's just one thing it's like if you know you're going you've woken up in your bed in your camp and you know you want to go to your horse and go on a mission sometimes you don't want to wade through treacle just to get to your horse yeah yeah but a lot of the time it works really well it's just like you're like ah. Uh, uh. <laughs> over to the horse. Is this just because you're in the swamp? Or? Well, no, no. But there's like an invisible. Air, there's an invisible area which is like the camp area, and as soon as he walks out of it, he starts sprinting. This is like, this is interaction there's, zone. Yeah, there's this like is, a treacle zone, which is kind of Marcus annoying. Phoenix needs to put his hand to his ear to listen to a radio broadcast. But while we do it, we're going to trundle. Yeah, basically, it's like that, mm. except with everyone in um, like dynamically wishing you a good morning <laughs> right. and you're like you could responding and stuff but it's like oh get to the horse yeah good but there's usually horse. something to do like in the camp like and you're like oh shit i should probably have done that mm. yeah gotta skin this deer yeah what were you eating no, it's a dude who does that for you in the no, camp. You. you just have to bring in the deer and he'll do that it'd be funny Take if like if every time you walk past him he's saying something like John Marston used to say, like, it's like, "Well, John Marston's in the camp." I know, I know, but so, is, is he the skinning guy? Like, cause he should, <laughs> yeah, he should really be complaining every time he's cutting in or something. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, he should be getting lessons. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that'd be funny though. Less little callback. What were you eating? Yeah. Well, that'll do us then. Is that a podcast? Um, I think that's a podcast. Time to change up the lighting on the good ship Salacast from. Got to turn on the old air. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, I knew we'd, we'd sort of 
because well, Noma sat here at the start and I didn't really want to just bathe her in red light. In red light, yeah, cool. Yeah, we have a red alert mode on, on this ship uh, for on-air mode, at least. There we go. Oh, there we go. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's, that's, exactly bit, that's just my reaction so you can gauge it, listeners. That's what, exactly what, what like. we were going for with the bright red light, yeah. I think we better go back to warm lighting. I think this cool lighting is like making to- me cooler. Ah, that is really fucking warm. Pretty warm, right? <laughs> it's weirdly yellow light. We're, we're bathed yeah. in the yellow light of the not sun, and we wish you a good couple of weeks. Have we got any um, videos coming up? More Half Life coming. More Half Life uh, for the twentieth anniversary. <laughs> Check out uh, Robin's Eggs' hilarious commentary hilarious. on the adventures of Gordon Freeman and, uh, and we, Maximum Failure. And uh, Maximum Failure, <laughs> and we shall join you and in a couple of weeks <laughs> for yet another Salacast. I don't have to go to Mexico anymore. This is weird. I'm just like, you live in Mexico. I live in Mexico. I'm I'm all Mexican all the time. You can tell from my voice. Yes. Bye. <laughs>